Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Once again, fellow basement dwellers, it's your good buddy Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. As we move on further and further into isolation, living in some twisted post-apocalyptic thing, I don't even know what. I figure by tomorrow, the president will, will tell us something else tragic is happening, and we'll still be here podcasting because that's what we do. There's nowhere else to go. There's nothing else to do. And of course, I have other people with me who also have nothing else to do. Let's do some introductions here. I am joined, as always, by Mr. Day One, the man who has never skipped class, has been here on the bandwagon from the beginning, Mr. Dave Ungar. Dave, how are you doing today, man? I am doing very well, sir. How are you doing today? I'm well. I had had an interesting... As well as can be expected. Right. I, I'm working from home, Work working from home today while we're recording. Good times. Uh, I had an interesting thought, though, as I was thinking about introducing you today. You've never missed a show. You've got perfect attendance. <laughs> you're like, no, you're, no, like no, Ar- you're like, you're like Arvin from Head of the Class. 
Right, right. Wait, like now, are, were you that kid in school? Were you that nerd in school? Because I'm assuming you were that nerd in school. I, and really, talk about like the most useless award. Like you showed up. Like that's the definition of the trophy generation, the perfect attendance award. You showed up. Participation trophies. No, I, I, I was, I, you know, I was, um, man, when I was a kid, I had a lot of stuff going on with like asthma and allergies and stuff. So no, I did not have perfect attendance and that sort of <laughs> oh Oops, man the west coast cured me so the, the more i learn about you the hat of course you were the allergy kid of course you were the kid <laughs> my asthma so bad anyway y'all heard another voice in there <laughs> you heard another voice in there that of course we are joined this is a three-peat three in a row now for our good friend pc tunny how you doing man spider-man shirt today huh there you go. Like I, that. I too. I, go ahead. I too um, thought about the Spider-Man shirt and then realized it's effing cold in my basement because it's supposed to snow tomorrow oh, out here you. in Massachusetts. Yeah, fuck Massachusetts. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm from Wisconsin, so if it's not snowing by me and it's snowing on you, I have every right to go. <laughs> um, Nor'easters, man. I, I almost wore my Civil War shirt today it, for you, but instead, this shirt is so comfortable. It's almost not a shirt anymore. It's so right, thin. Right. It's, like, going to be gone soon. I give it two years, and it, it won't be even be a shirt anymore. It'll be Swiss cheese. But I just want to let you know that you talk about people having nothing to do. I, I was perfectly content watching the European Tram Driver Championship right here on Ooh. ESPN uh, 209 on DirecTV. Sunday, today, it's ESPN The Ocho. Now, having said that, you don't have me on the show today. You have the greatest tag team never on the show today. You have podcast DWI on the show today. And I know I call them a lot of bad words at the beginning of the show, but let me give you his formal introduction. He is a scientist. That's a fact, Jack. And his name is none other than it's him. It is him. It doth be DPP. You know, the Simpsons uh, normally get a lot of things right when they have their shows and, uh, this whole quarantine lockdown thing we got going on. The Simpsons movie got it right when they were trapped under the dome and they named it Trappuccino. And that's pretty much what we're looking at right now. <laughs> Great. I thought you were going to bring up the monorail episode because of the whole tram discussion, oh, uh, which is the, the greatest Simpson episode of all time, in my yeah. opinion. Well, Listen, as we... Fantastic. If you have access to a TV, go ahead, turn on ESPN2. It is, is actually ESPN8, the Ocho right now. The European Tram Driver Championships are on. I can barely contain myself. I really, I wish I'd set my DVR. Yeah. Now that, now that you mentioned, I missed that one. I miss so too. Is curling curling on? No, no, I don't think so. I think that's actually, that's actually, that's a little too highbrow for the Ocho. Ah, That's true. That's true. Listen, up next is the stupid robot fighting league followed by cherry pit spitting. Then we have the professional arm wrestling championship. Shout out to the Golden Tee reference from before because the 2019 Golden Tee Championship's on after that, followed by the classic Tetris 2018 Championship. Holy now, shit. folks, tonight we have America's Cup Canada versus United States Dodgeball. Yes. <laughs> Marble Run, the Slippery Stairs College Tour, and 2018 Death Driving World Championship. And we're going to finish all off Five jugglers running in hopes to keep their juggle alive as people throw dodgeballs at them. It's Dodge Juggle 3. 
This is real life, everybody. I'm, I'm this sold. This is real life. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, DPP, thank you. Or D, yeah, just welcome to the damn show. Um, you were you were given a lot of monikers. I'm going to mess it all up and just be like, hey, shithead, if, if I really go wrong. Because that's what Tony said to call you. Uh, yeah, I threw, threw it just you based on on Dan's background. I would hazard a guess he is not a bandwagoner. Not so much a bandwagoner. I've been a nerd all my life, you know. Right, right, right. I I actually don't know that we have much of a bandwagon this week. I, like I feel like folks are up. We got we got a a show where I feel like this conversation is going to be strong all the way through. We're gonna we're gonna keep our our evaluation of lock and key going. Episode three again, lock and key, man. Wow, uh, we're gonna. I really wanted after last week's discussion, you know, we spent a lot of time on the downer that is COVID 19 and how that's impacting entertainment, how it's impacting us. And I do want to keep talking about some of the good things that I see happening, even as people are trying to shut themselves in. A few stories that we got in there, we'll talk a little bit of wrestling. Because we're up to four wrestling talk, you know, conversations here on the podcast, and then I wanted to I wanted to do something fun, bring back the list. We talked about bringing back the list and doing maybe the '90s project, but there's something I've been dying to do since we started talking top tens, and that is talking about Saturday morning cartoons. Now, for all you Gen Zers out there and millennials who may not remember, once upon a time. On Saturday mornings, children around the country woke up at five in the morning because that's just what we did, flipped on our local television station and spent the morning watching children's entertainment programming, whether that be cartoons or in some cases sitcoms geared at our demographic. And we all got some fond memories. I know it was very hard for me to come up with 10 to put into a list, but yeah, so this Saturday morning cartoon list, I know it was hard for me to to do. I'm looking forward to Dave Ungar's 7,000 honorable mentions that slows down the list process itself. Three. It's good. I got three, man. Just I listed three. zero. I went zero. You know why I went zero? For the integrity of the you're, show. Because you're a loser? Is that No, why? because it's a top ten. <laughs> You know, I got. Well, I'm glad. Know, I'm glad you went with so little and you went with none because I have six. So that that's perfect. Oh, so does that mean I win? I have so, seven. So, Jesus. yeah, you know you so, are representing motherfuckers. This is this is a Patrick top is ten list, is, not a top list. I need another beer. I'll be right oh, Jesus Christ! Chaos <laughs> in the street. We give each other. It's these other two uh, two interlopers. Oh, man, we may have to go back to a duo on this. I don't know the rules. I can count. I don't know the rules, Donnie. Uh, you're out of your element you're like a child who wanders into a theater and asks what's going on anyway so we will do that after the break of course uh but we're gonna we're gonna start every show like we like we've been doing this has become our mo we're covering a series right now we're covering lock and key on netflix we've gone through episode three at this point this is what we're covering today real quickly just going around the room has everybody seen the show Everybody watching up to this point? I'm seeing one head shake. So, Dan, do yourself a favor and start the show. I know Tony's oh, yeah. seen it all. Cheers. Crack all right. that open. Yeah, I'm getting pressure from my wife to watch extra episodes, and I'm saying I can't do it. I got to just watch one episode a week. That's right. This isn't Nom. There are rules. I haven't gotten, but into, it's I haven't gotten into the show yet. I, I've heard from PC Tony yesterday that this is a great show, and I uh, I have to put it on my list to watch, so I'm looking forward to it. That's right. Sure. All right. Let's. 
let's wrap. Let's 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 uh, put it to him like this. You watched The Witcher because of this podcast, right? I, that's absolutely I did. When you guys talked about The Witcher, I started watching. So we're not even gonna say better, worse. We're either gonna say it's as good as The Witcher or it's not as good as The Witcher. Gentlemen, as good as The Witcher. I would I argue every, at this point, yeah. It's every bit as good as Mandalorian or Witcher so far. I mean, we'll have to see how it turns out. But yeah, so far, it, you know, three. If I compare this to three episodes in the Mandalorian or three episodes in The Witcher, yeah, it's it's right there. If not a touch better than The Witcher, maybe. I mean, Mandalorian started off really strong, if I recall, and then it went through a mid mid lull, like in the middle of it. And Witcher started off really strong and kind of kept that. Yeah, I mean, definitely every bit as good as The Witcher. I'm going to go back to something I said last week about the show, and that is that unlike other series that we've covered so far, and granted, we've only covered two, three episodes in, and we're, we feel like we're getting somewhere faster. And that's the thing that I've found very challenging about a lot of these streaming shows is when they drop everything, it's kind of what you just described, Dave, where we'll have a show like the first episode is like this huge moment show, big thing. I mean, you look at, you look at the Mandalorian, it's the, it's the revelation of the child. You look at the Witcher and just that first episode is just wall to wall, like action and setup and just mind blowing shit. This episode or this show continues so far to feel like it is building a world while still allowing you to progress within a story. And I think that the, biggest difference i've had between this series so far and the mandalorian and the witcher is that the story has continued to kind of build upon itself like the larger narrative has existed whereas in the mandalorian we took a weird pause in the middle and we kind of had a couple of monster of the week episode things where it was just like he randomly did a thing that was sort of tangentially connected to everything but wasn't really part of the overarching story and that's the same thing i saw out of uh the witcher we we had a couple of really big stories and threads get started and then we just kind of went off to the side a little bit and i've really appreciated that so far i haven't been like what's what's the overall point of this episode it really does feel like we're still building something while setting up a background for us to uh, to understand and really about what this family is and what the lock family what their what their dark secrets are because there there's a bunch of them and we keep seeing them you want me to go tony anybody else can talk um i i like the third episode the great thing about lock and key is is there's a there's like a, a whimsical malevolence about the whole thing going on. It, it's very, it's, it's got a lot of kid friendly sort of uh, imagery and stuff like that, especially going inside of Bodhi's head, which, right. You know, at the end of the last episode, we were like, well, what's in the box, that sort of thing. And we find out that, well, it's an arcade and it's, and it's a place where, you know, Bodhi's accessing memories and things like that. And, um, that opens the door for his sister to try and, and and do the same thing and that leads to a uh her brother getting attacked by her fears which becomes a big part of this episode especially at the very end of this thing you know meanwhile uh you got that stuff which is kind of you know okay that's it's got some creepiness to it but it's kind of kid friendly and then you have echo throwing that kid into the oncoming subway train and it's like okay there's nothing funny about that at all it's um and they keep building and, and you just kind of find out the one girl, I don't remember, it's Rufus's mom. I don't remember what the character's name is, but she right, knows right. about the woman in the well. So there's obviously there's something deeper about Echo and, and what was going on and who she actually is. And she's obviously not 
completely human. That's like I think we said that last week. So this episode is fantastic. And and he just like and at the very end, you know, Kinsey essentially just kills her fear and 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 takes care of that because it's some aspect of her personality that she had to get rid of for for her own benefit. You know, she's interested in Scott. You can tell that, but she's not, you know, she's unsure of herself and and there's just a whole lot of stuff going on that um it's just it's a lot of fun and it, and it and it's got that just enough creepiness to really keep you enraptured in the whole thing. Well, and you you really see you talked about innocence and the lack thereof. The reason Bodie seems to be so well equipped to this is because of his innocence as a child. Like he should be able to handle the head key because his headspace is a little bit more clear at least as far as we know. The teenagers, the, the teenage children in this clearly have trauma that they're not getting through. And whether it's fear or, you know, in the case of, of a sister or some serious anger problems from older brother. I mean, he beat the shit out of that guy. Just that that other hockey player just wailed yeah. on him. And so there's something unchecked there. There's a dark side to this yeah, well, family. <clears throat> well, their dad's dead. Right. Absolutely. One thousand percent. And how and and where what they saw and what they experienced with that and how they compartmentalize that because you see an overwhelming amount of guilt along with that fear out of and I'm sorry Tyler. I'm forgetting the out of Tyler's what? the Tyler's yeah. the oldest the oldest kid yeah no, he there's I'm guilt sorry, from ahead, Ty, there's well there's guilt out of Tyler there's there's fear and I and I would argue a serious amount of guilt out of and I'm forgetting the sister's name too so if you got the Can't sister's see. name. Kinsey, there's a, there's fear and guilt kind of mixed in there, and it makes sense because she's she froze out of fear, and yet and she feels responsible because she she succumbed to that fear, which is then why she's trying to bury that at the end of the episode. You know, and this is one of the things I found really interesting. They're starting to bend a little bit as to whether they're in their key world or not key world because it's very interesting when Kinsey uses that head key. The transitions happen in such a way the first time where you know that it's in her own mind. And maybe I wasn't paying attention, but it seems that she's either trying to drag that fear out of her mind and bury it in the real world, which seems like a terrible idea if that's what I interpreted. Or even if she's trying to bury it within her own mind and echoes there too, which is a whole other can of worms that I don't think is accurate. I think you guys should really pay attention to what happens there. I I don't think you should worry about the world's blending together. Um, right. But, but pay attention to how it's going to affect Kinsey. If she did indeed have the ability to kill her own fear. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. If there is a personality change that we start seeing in the next episode. Well, to be, I mean, yeah, you'll see in the first minute of the next episode. Cause it was running at the end of this thing. I was just cheater, like looking at something cheater, else. Cheater. <laughs> one minute is all I looked. And, and yeah, it's there's definitely a, a change, shirts. a change coming. So, uh, but you know, in Tyler, you know, you get the impression that, um, he was the in- one who introduced Sam Lesser into this whole situation right. who ends up killing the dad. And obviously he feels a tremendous amount of guilt because of that. So yeah, it just keeps getting better and better and better as you go along and they keep finding, and I, you got to applaud the creativity for, you know, how many different keys have we seen in three episodes Four that all are very distinctive and do different things things and we've like seen, okay we've seen, what's seen things that don't we don't know exactly what they do yet either right because right. i we mean saw, and saw a new key and, on the 
the around the neck of that boy who encounters Echo, who gives it. It's like, assuming it's right. the fire key that set that dude on fire and burned his house up. But um, could be because that's yeah. the house that she went to is the house from the very first episode. That's right. That's right. Okay, so that that's a good good observation. Then you've got um, Bodhi who finds the astral projection together. Yep. Bodhi finds the astral projection well, key, which is he, a fun thing. But he's dead. Like that's the thing that was very interesting about that when he uses he's a ghost, and when he uses that key, he dies. Like when when Tyler comes up on him, that is a dead body. Like that body is pale. That body, like he is he is trying to revive. It's not and it's not dead or comatose in the way that it was with the head key because in the head key they use it they stopped moving when he opens the door the body falls to the ground and he is dead and very pointedly calls himself yeah. a ghost and then talks to other ghosts His grandpa great grandpa grandpa lock oh okay time out tony what are you laughing at what are you what's, laughing what's at I'm sorry, but if you have a TV near you, please turn on ESPN2 because the 2019 Stupid Robot Fighting League is about to start. And yes. let me tell you, it's exactly what the fucking name is. I bear, swear bear, to God, you got to turn this on. Just turn it on. All right, bear in mind, noble listener, as you're hearing Tony pimp this, this is from something that was recorded on a Sunday while you're listening on a Tuesday. So your coverage on the Ocho may be a little bit different. I'm sure it'll be great, though. I'm sure it's probably oh, so. still on. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of stupid robots to go around, I'm sure. There are. Yeah. There's not much else happening in the world. So it's basically two guys that set up these hanging robots and they have sticks in them for hands and feet and they do rock'em sock'em robots against each other. <laughs> hanging robots with these hanging like things. Uh, it's hilarious. We it's are a little hilarious. bit all over the place today. I love it. I love it. I love it. So. Sorry, no, couple sorry. of a couple Jesus. of other there's there's well there's one other there's one other thread we haven't talked about yet and that is this Omega group uh, that you see as uh, mom is flipping through dad's yearbook sees a bunch of Omega symbols are yet drawn all over it and then we get a reveal and a flashback to dad's murderer with an Omega tattoo of some sort on his wrist so we have a we have some sort of group that seems to be after these keys as well and how they're connected with echo, how they're connected with the house. It's only a matter of time before I, I think we start to get some clarity from that, but just something else to pay attention to overall. I got to say this show has, has met my expectations. Well done, Tony. Again, I know I complimented you last week on choosing this one. Uh, keep up the good work. And uh, I, you know, I'm looking forward to episode four. I'm, Glad to have something to look forward to to watch because I watch him on Saturday with a little O'Dowd, who still is adamant that none of these keys should be used at all. And he's probably right, you know? Like he's it's like Harry Potter. Like if Harry would just go to fucking Dumbledore, the beginning of every book, we'd have no book. And be fine, right? It'd be Such no fun. Such is life. DPP, you gotta watch this thing. You gotta get caught up, man. Oh. So next time you can engage in the in the rhetoric here. I will be ready for next week, brother. You can you can be assured of oh, that. Let me tell oh, you something, you brother. Oh, some, there you go. Suddenly you're on the next week's show. Look how that works. <laughs> oh, we just walk it all up into bandwagoners. I know we'll everybody see. wants to be a part of the show. I love we'll it. We'll see how my top 10, 17 go, and maybe I won't be invited uh, back, but... <laughs> I, you know the the one who's the one who's going to give you the most shit is 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 going to be one Mr. Greg DeMarco. He's the one who bitches and moans to me every time. He's like, "Why do you allow honorable mentions?" And I'm like, "Cause we love our shit, man. That's what nerds do." Uh so anyway, exactly. 
what you said. Right. Uh, currently social distancing myself, which means we will not visit the trailer park this week. Uh, and it, will is not not, it is not an essential business. Let's be honest. It trailer is parks are not essential. Uh, and so no, tu- no touching the trailer park. Stay away. Uh, don't, don't leave your, don't leave your basement to, to check out the trailer park. But I did want to talk a little bit about some of the things that are, that are going on. I mentioned this before and, and kind of segue this into just kind of a larger discussion as to seeing the good in, in, in folks thing. People continue to be doing good things and some companies continue to be doing some good things for us, basically folks that are stuck in home trying to be, you know, trying to do what we're supposed to do in terms of social distancing. And there's just examples of this popping up all over the place. Now we talked about last week, Disney plus releasing frozen two on its, uh, on its program early or on its programming early. They've all, they announced this week, they're going to actually release onward early for digital download and put it on Disney plus as well. I think April 3rd was the it's date. It's already on voodoo. You could right. already buy it. I think you maybe rent it. I don't know if you can rent it or buy it, but I know you can. Uh, it's it was on Voodoo the other night. This is huge news, and I and I think as we're starting to see digital downloads available of of theatrical releases, I'm hoping we get some stuff that I actually want to watch available for digital download. That because I, I would pay to see Black Widow on time, even if yeah. it was digitally on my computer. Even if it was twenty bucks. I thought they were going to, I thought they had an idea to do that. I thought it was like $20, 20 bucks. Well, invi- Invisible Man. And then you get it for 48 hours. Universal Invis- is doing that. Yeah, Univers- I think Universal is the one who made that news. And The Hunt, it was on Voodoo. You could rent it for 20 bucks. Like you but said. And was, and was it for like 48? I don't, I don't know the details with that. I didn't, I haven't really looked into it. I don't, I do, I do movies anywhere. I didn't so get that's, that that's what I get. I mean, I saw it was there, and I, I right. you know, watched the trailer for it, and then opted not to. We ended up getting, we bought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I cannot recommend more highly. As Very just good. Awesome. It's about to, it's about to hit the premium cable channel, so I'm, I'm going to throw it on that way, Fantastic. because, because yeah, I, I'm interested in seeing it. I love Tarantino, um, even his shitty movies. But this is uh, not one of those. This is not one of those shitty movies. This is so. A, fun so so let's just going around the room real quick uh, summer releases what do you want to see get released available for you to on on digital before you know since we're since we're on a theater like what's a theatrical summer movie that you would love to see that you'd be able to download right away we'll take black widow off the table because we just talked about black widow oh wonder woman 1984 for sure sure that would be that would be the big one for me i was looking forward to a paul blart four (laughs) <laughs> Paul Blart for you, Dick. <laughs> You're a terrible human being, and you know it. Even more blartier. I don't know. Yeah, I think Wonder <laughs> Woman would be the only one. I mean, there's some ones coming out at the end of the year. I don't know, like like coming to America. They're supposed to do a new Coming to America. I'd love to see that one. Oh and shit! Dad's coming the- out eventually. That kind of be fun. Mm. Top Gun Two. Top Gun. Top two Gun Two. two. Oh, oh no, thanks. God. I saw the first Top Gun in the movie theater. By the way, last fact. Hey, fun fun fact. Uh, it's my dad and myself and the neighbor kid, right? Who I'm friends with. And my dad is like newly divorced, single guy with two kids at the movie theater watching Top Gun. And there's like three cute girls in front of us and danger zone comes on. And I'm like, what, when did that come out? 87, 88. So I'm six or I'm six or seven years old and I'm singing sitting on the edge. I'm singing danger zone. And they look back at my dad's like, you're doing great. 
<laughs> so your Very dad good. used you like a lot of people use their Pomeranians to attract the Listen, women. I ain't mad at them. How how is that a bad thing? Like what? It's not. Okay. You imply that it was a bad thing. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not saying that for his dad. No, that's. Really Do you mean to say that you never used your children to to get women to talk to you? What? Is I that? Know. I, I don't need. I don't need to stoop to levels like you guys. So you know. <laughs> I think it was I'm a happy coincidence. I'm just saying, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. What? That's right. Oh, I mean, I didn't say that. Nope. So dad doesn't listen to the show, right? I hope not, for your sake. She- she does not. I, I will say that that's a fairly safe one. Yeah, I agree. I I'm, I would really, 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 really love to see. I, I think it's funny that Tony's like, no way, Top Gun 2. I don't know why I'm so excited about that movie. But, like, I was really jo- – and you know what it is? It's it's that trailer excitement. It's like seeing the trailer for Phantom Menace and telling yourself it's going to be a good movie. Or The Rise of Skywalker. You like you saw that trailer and you're like, this movie's going to be great. And then it sucked. Just so bad. <laughs> Two, you, two, you've two. gone you have progressively gone from liking the movie but not being thrilled about it to its absolute trash in what like two months well you know i gotta live the gimmick all right there, there better be guys in jeans playing volleyball that's all oh, yeah. no shirt with no shirts yeah i saw the trailer Flexing. that's all they showed in the trailer was just the guys playing volleyball right. in and, jeans. And, and, and tom cruise on a motorcycle it's always tom cruise on a motorcycle of course with Je- with Jennifer Connelly apparently at this point, I think that's who who the love interest is this time around. I think it's Wait, Billy Connolly this time. Up oh, Billy, <laughs> gross. That reminds me, I forgot to watch the Boondock Saints around St. Pat's. Shame on me. Oh, that's a good one. I know, I know. It's never too, too late, late to get drunk and turn it on. That one in Green Street Hooligans, two of my favorite St. Patty's Day time of year. Even though Green Street Hooligans is just a bunch of British dudes beating the shit out of each other. The other thing I do want to talk about, though, is things that are happening for kids, because a lot of kids are cooped up. My kid is cooped up. Cabin fever is starting to set in. Celebrities doing nice things for for kids that are cooped up, I think, is kind of awesome. And a couple of the uh, examples I came across, and I would love to hear your thoughts on, on these sorts of things. So Josh Gad, famous to children as the voice of Olaf from Frozen, currently is reading to books kid, reading books to kids online every night during these these shutdowns. Uh, it's just kind of, it's just cool. I just think that's cool. Like, even if it's, you know, him, you know, just a recorded video on Instagram, whatever, like, that's just kind of neat. Now I read is, with my kid every night. Is he doing it as Olaf? I mean, his voice, like his speaking voice is Olaf. Like, it's, okay. It's, so he, you know, really, okay. I'm not very familiar with the frozen series. I'm guessing right. that's Olaf is from there, but yeah, yeah. I, I think that's amazing. I mean, so kids have a half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour to tune in every night to look forward to where Olaf reads them a story. That's that's right. phenomenal. The other one that's happening that I I think is particularly cool to us comic book nerds is Jake Johnson, who is the voice of Peter Parker. What I can't remember which reality it is in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. He is doing recordings to kids like voice recordings to kids specifically sending them well wishes as spider-man via dm requests through like i think his instagram page or something like that now he has said he's made very clear that he can't he won't be able to get to every request but he's going to try to do as many as possible And, and in particular for kids who may be struggling with this if because kids are kind of in tune to the way their parents are when it comes to handling things like stress and panic. And 
given the fact that you still can't buy a roll of toilet paper, people are still stressed and panicked. It's just a, it's kind of an amazing thing to do and really shows that, you know, the, like I said, just kind of the good and the bad situation so much so that I kind of want to lie and act like my poor kid, Patrick O'Dowd is really sad and would love to hear from Spider-Man uh, to get cheered up. There's a, there's a lot of good going on out there. There is a lot of stupidity still prevalent in the world. I mean, right. you look at the stuff going on in, in, in some of these countries, uh, you know, as, as things spiral horribly out of control in Italy and here, it's just going to get, you know, unfortunately going to get worse here. But there's a lot of good stuff. People are getting very creative. PC Tunney and Chris Platt doing a uh, coronavirus songs, you know, trying to make people laugh. The thing I said to you guys yesterday, Chris Mann doing my Corona. That was fucking hilarious. Uh, that's that's great stuff. There, there's there. There is people are pulling together. There is the you know, I, I mean, you got to say it. There is the environmental aspect of this and how you can see the canals in Venice now because no one's out there. There's dolphins off the coast of Italy. There's deer running wild through the streets of Japan. The planet, you almost, you don't want to go there, but you almost got to say the planet is healing itself because there's less, there's less pollution. There's less this, there's less less that. So there is some good that's out there, but yeah, you know, along the way, it's just a lot of shit too as well. But uh, Uh, yeah, I will say National Geographic did put out a, a nice little article that said, don't believe all of the wonderful nature is coming back articles. Some of them are decidedly not true. They, they are. Um, but if you've seen the pictures of the canals in Venice, that is the canal. The, 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 yeah. Cause of the lack of boat activity through the canals. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's stunning to actually look at that. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen them like s- that. You can see the bottom of the, yeah. of the canal. Yeah. We exactly. need a re- like, we need a, we need a remix. No one's on a boat, motherfucker. <laughs> get, well, except for those people on cruise lines. Did, did they get off the cruise ship? I don't even know. I'm stuck on a boat, motherfucker. <laughs> so the last thing that we'll talk about that, that, that I I question whether I still have decided whether I feel like this. I, I'm, I'm really torn about this one. And this is one that I hope to hear everybody chime in on. We talked about it a little bit before the show, and I threw it on the rundown in the moment. And that's WrestleMania. We now know WrestleMania is still happening. We now know that it's going to happen over two nights, that it's going to be done in empty studios, hosted by the worst dancer on the planet, Rob Gronkowski. I know Dave and I have both expressed very strong feelings about how we feel about continuing with the kind of the show must go on mentality. So I guess I'll start there. Should the show still go on? Is there, is it something that needs to happen? Who wants to take this first? I'll take if it. If you first. dare. Go ahead. I'll take go it. Ahead, Dave, go ahead. Dave's Dave's DP. DP. Dan, DP's ready to run, go. Dan, run with this thing, yeah. man. Cause I, I, yeah, I think everybody's had their opinions already probably spoken on other podcasts. And I haven't, I haven't had that opinion yet, but I, I feel like the show doesn't need to go on. I think it needs to stop and it needs to needs to be done. I much as yeah, don't give me that thumbs down PC. It's too bad we didn't argue about this one. We just we disagree finally. Yeah, one fucking topic we did don't agree just, on. Did you just tell Dan Aloha? Is that what you just did, Tony? He did. He did. Yeah. Pissed him off so much he's leaving. Um uh, but it it's un- it's completely unnecessary. And I think it's just Vince McMahon's stubborn ass not wanting to stop his production and stop his show and just be okay with the fact that we don't have wrestling for a week or two or however long it may be. But like, 
he's at this whole weekly episodic show going on and god forbid he misses a week you know and that and this ends i mean at some point you have to think of your employees and all those wrestlers i mean do you really think nobody has it as far as a wrestler goes right now somebody has to have it and it's either he's covering it up or just doesn't or they're just not on the show or whatever, but you're, you're, you're exposing all these people to this thing. I mean, I know you don't have the fans and you reduce the amount of people and everything, but you gotta, you gotta cut it off. You gotta shut it down. I mean, all it takes, you know, you these guys are full contact, you know, in their underwear, basically wrestling. And that's one of the worst things you can do when it comes to this thing, no matter how many people are around, if there's two or 10, but you know, you can push it out and make SummerSlam your WrestleMania or whatever if you want to do that. I mean, just give it a break, take a couple months off, and let's get back to normal. Let's make sure everybody's healthy. I don't want any of these people getting sick. You can boo out loud. That's cool. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> <laughs> but don't, you know, don't risk the lives of these people just because you want to put your show on. And and I get it. You want to entertain. You want to do it. You know, entertain everybody and keep people happy. But there's other ways you can do this right now, and this is not something that needs to happen when everything else in the world at this point is shutting down and trying to just be healthy and stay home and get past this thing. You're just bringing it back out to the world. We need to sh- just shut it down, man, you know? Lose the stubbornness and be okay with missing a few weeks. <laughs> Tony, you're a rebuttal. <laughs> yeah, Tony, you're the opposite <laughs> position here. Why, why, why should the storybook stop? Why should Vince McMahon's playground come to an end? Half the shit's already fucking recorded from what I've heard. So what's the difference? They're abiding by the rules. It's something that people can watch. It's kind of like this is always happening. It's a constant, you know, soap operas have fell along the wayside. uh, Days of our lives fired all their actors and they may not come back for another season. They may be done after all these years. Right. And wrestling is, for a lack of a better term, a male soap opera, obviously enjoyed by females as well. But that's kind of what it's been. It's nomenclature has been right. So why should we stop? The biggest storyline this year for WrestleMania is coronavirus. Hey, do you remember the year WrestleMania was at the Performance Center, but they still had WrestleMania? They still had WrestleMania. Will it feel like WrestleMania, though? This is a thing that Hell I talked about. No! Has, has Raw felt like Raw? Has SmackDown felt like SmackDown? Has so, even fucking... I can't even believe I'm going to put them in the same paragraph as AEW Dynamite felt like AEW Dynamite? So no. that that's my point. <laughs> and my, my... Sorry, Vince, to do that to you. You're welcome, Cody. My, my comment on this, and I talked about this Wednesday on the DeMarco show... And it's, I get the, like, we're going to watch it out of sheer curiosity, right? Like, let's be, let's be real. All four of us are in this, in this chat, in this podcast, we will tune in, we will watch it because it's what we do. And there's nothing else to do. And there's nothing else to do. What are the odds it gets sold to ESPN and they just put it on cable or, or ABC just, maybe ABC just puts WrestleMania up because what else do they have? It's very possible. It's very, very possible. I think that to me, and I, and I will only speak to myself, to me, it just doesn't, it's just not, it's going to be kind of sad in a way to watch like that. Hey, you remember that time that WrestleMania was just people in an empty arena. 
there's so many elements of WrestleMania that make it special and different that it's 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 a it's it's everything. It's the pyro. It's the sheer size of it all. It is the crowd. Like the audience is a huge part of that. Part of the reason why I'm glad to see. I hope this two show format continues is so that we don't have exhausted crowds at the end of WrestleMania because you see some great matches get no response because people are exhausted because they've been there for like eight hours. So I do see some changes that I hope come out of this, but I just, I, I, I kind of default back to, to what we were talking about earlier, what DB was talking about earlier when it comes to, I still feel like it's a, even, even if these matches have been recorded ahead of time, the thing that I think people have forgotten are, are, aren't really, maybe are now just now finally catching on to, this virus has already spread co- completely across the country. Restricting ourselves now is is almost too late because we really don't know who's infected or what. And to continue to then is ex- exacerbate the the issue by whether you're a spring breaker on a beach in Florida because you're a moron, or you're having you know, a bunch of people in an empty arena working a show. It's, it's, it's one of those things. It's an unnecessary risk on an already, what I believe is something we don't know how seriously out of proportion it already is. And and so why do it other than like, like you said, to keep your show going. Uh, Vince has got the money in my opinion to hold, uh, you know he's he ran a he ran a fucking clip show on Wednesday like oh, that's it NXT yeah he ran a clip show so you can't tell me you can't keep your shows going with even if it's just best ofs or whatever that you're trying to tell stories to empty arenas you're trying to to generate excitement on I'm sorry like Edge talking to an empty arena and I'm I must be I, for some reason I watched a different promo because I like didn't feel anything out of that like it just didn't what would you rather well. What what would you rather have though? Would you rather have some new content, a storyline no. carried for a story? Listen, listen, a storyline carry forward under real life circumstances, or nothing to look forward to, and basically you could go on the WWE network and watch what they're going to show you on cable television. Why not have? Why not have new content? Ask that question. Why not have new content, though, Patrick? It's been it's been good and bad all along, but it's always been there. The one thing you can say, the one thing you can say since 1993, Monday Night Raw, and since 1999, SmackDown have been on television. Sure, I I understand your point of view, Tony. You're also asking a dude who's currently going through 1983 season run of Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling on the (laughs) WWE Network. So man. Then you, you don't look at ref- WWE. You, you don't look at WWE's existence as an ongoing story as much as I do. Then I look at it as a story that can be paused. Like you can pause the story, and that's okay. You don't, but but they don't have to. They're still following regulations, and they're not pausing the story. The thing is, is there's no real regulations. There's guidelines that the president doesn't even follow. Um, outside of what the governors are telling us to do. So as you exasperatedly throw your hands up, I'm going to declare it time to take a break. It's all cool wait, down wait, a little can, bit. Can I, can I, can I comment Dave didn't even get to go yet. I didn't even uh, get there. You're just cutting me out of this fucking thing entirely, man. Well, it's because Tony took up your screen time. <laughs> man. We got go all ahead. day. Go ahead, no one's going anywhere. There's no one in no. the fucking street. Take an hour and a half, Dave. 
my thing is this is I I don't have so much of an issue with them going forward with Raw and SmackDown and NXT and Dynamite in an empty arena. And, and like what AEW did this week felt a little uh, quite a bit better than what I saw from Raw and SmackDown as far as you know, okay, this feels like they're actually trying to do something here. Um, I certainly wouldn't go forward with WrestleMania and it, because it's not WrestleMania without the fans. Because like I said, I, I mean, Greg made some good points about it that I'm sure they will do something special. But I was like, well, Mania is as much about the moments as the matches. The matches will be good. But here's what I would throw back at you, Tony. You're saying they need to continue the story. With the exception of Edge and Randy Orton, tell me one storyline that wouldn't benefit from longer-term booking. Well, they all would benefit from longer-term booking. But there's nothing... That doesn't mean we should cancel WrestleMania. I mean, listen, I know that... I I know that they're just... The bar they're trying to pass this year for WrestleMania is the bar set by WrestleMania 2. I get it, okay? It's not going to be great. But listen, it's something. It's something to look forward to. It's something new. It's something different. It's not the European tram fucking driver championship, okay? I want to see them. I can only watch Kobayashi eat so many motherfucking hot dogs. Honey, you think they'll bring back your... Invoking WrestleMania too, you think they'll bring back a blue steel cage match for this WrestleMania? King That'd be cool. That'd be cool. So. I hope so. I hate that. But they haven't Shut already up. filmed it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So on that note, Dave, do you have any last thoughts that nobody cares about? I mean, does do you have any last thoughts? No, just just I I mean I, I I'm okay with them keeping the weekly shows going, but I would certainly not do. An event of magnitude of rest. I wouldn't do any pay-per-view event. I don't care how shit. What are you going to do? Money in the bank in an empty arena? Who's going to give a fuck? Right. Fair enough. That's where we're heading. Banks are still open. Why not? So so on that note, we're going to take a little (laughs) break to let Tunney settle down a little bit. Take a deep breath. Go to his happy face. Find himself some better booze. Like, what's the beer you're drinking, man? You got all riled up. Like, what is no, that? I'm fine. I was I had the Up High IPA before by Terrapin Brewing Company. It's excellent. It's actually one of the only citrus beers I like. That was the orange blue can. Oh, now nice. we got the 40th anniversary Sierra Nevada Hoppy anniversary. Oh, Hoppy anniversary. Very clever. I like the play the la- on words. The last thing I want to say about Mania is Patrick's exactly right. All four of us will tune in out of sheer morbid curiosity to watch. I, lo- I love how you're throwing your hands up in frustration like, Jesus Christ, you guys. No, it's not a Saudi Arabia show, so I'll watch it. Anyway. Hell no. So it's like time to pay the bills. I'm going I'm to I'm cut this off. We talked way too much wrestling on the Bandwagon Nerd Show. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com, also on eWrestlingNews.com. We'll catch you on the back end. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Chairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, and we are back. Tony, are you, are you better? I, oh, I'm, that's I, just me. I'm fine. I, like, I was good. I like how I like how Patrick says, we talk too much wrestling, then we cut right to a promo for the chairshot.com. So, you know, it's all it's all I, circular. We, we, need, we need to work on our own commercial. 
Sure. I have a, their own ad. Patrick, I have a switch. Unless I'm arguing with Mike Mann about Kane and Jericho, then I have a problem. Is it is it like Lincoln Hawk in um in what is it over the top where he turns the hat around? That's your switch. You flip the switch. Do you even know it's what I'm in here. About? It's in here, like lock and key. That's the, the arm wrestling movie, right? Right, Lincoln Hawk. He over flips the, the hat around, over the top, baby. And he flips the hat around and he wins every time because nothing stops Stallone, even when he's half, maybe even a third the size of the dude who beats who who he beats. Um, so we we're gonna bring we're bringing back the top ten. And I mentioned this uh, earlier in the show. When we first started conceiving of the 80s project and doing these top 10s, I threw out there the idea of doing top 10 Saturday morning cartoons from the 80s. Dave was like, I'm 9,000 years old, so I don't know that I'd be able to connect with you youngsters on this case. So we, yeah, we kind of backtracked a little I can't bit. wait to hear your list. So you, My lived, list? you lived at the Flintstones then, right? Is that how I, lived through, I lived through the golden era of Saturday morning cartoons. I mean, here, here's the thing is I can I, I know what one of them is. I can almost often instantly guess. Howdy, howdy doody? Howdy doody? No, 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 not even that far. Well, that's I'm, willing, old, I'm, willing, right? I'm willing to bet that some variation of the Justice League Super Friends cartoon is in there somewhere. Whether that's um, that stupid version with the dog and the teenagers and the bell bottoms or with the Wonder Twins. I'm I'm positive something like that's in there. Yeah, so we're gonna do we're gonna do our top ten. Did everybody have time to put together a list? Get get yourselves, I think, is I see nods this time. This might be the first time Tony tried on, on a- <laughs> I tried on every list. I, I put a lot of thought into every list. Every time I've come on the show when there was a list, I've had a list. What are you talking about? We are fired up today. I love this. I'm just busting some balls. I love this. this is what, I love this job. I wish I wish I could be this guy on the DeMarco show. Odell, you could be Odell, you could coach me. You fire me up. I love it. All right, all right. So we're You'd gonna, hate coaching me, by the way. I'm not very coachable. Right. Well, I can see clearly. We're uh we're going to do this the way we did the previous list uh, with our top 10 and honorable mentions. Um, honorable mentions will go around the room and just, and just lay some out there uh, or lay them out there. You guys can talk about them. Not a lot of detail. You just drop some names, but then we'll do the rotation. And as I'm thinking right now, we'll do newest co-host first this time around. So DP, you'll go first. We'll go age next with Dave then Tony and I'll wrap it up and you're hearing me type the rotation right now and DP just so you know when you say your number 10 if somebody puts their hands up that means what you've said is higher on their list and we'll get to it at the highest point on someone's list so just know that if Dave brings something up that's on your list higher up put your hand up and we keep going Everybody which knows isn't, which isn't likely because I'm so old, you know, just just I, I'm going to bury myself there, Patrick. I'm stealing there, your thunder. There you go. Well, you know, it's the M.O. Thank you, Tony, for reviewing the rules after I said I was going to review the rules. And isn't that the best kind speaking of old person? Of, isn't that the best kind of old person? They'll bury themselves. Right. Well, it takes all the fun out of burying the old people. Hey, at least, uh, you know, anyway, go ahead. I, I've always got your bald spot. Okay. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Tony's, Tony's got one, too. Dan's probably got one going, too. It's science. Oh, yeah, he does. Sure, Negative. he does. No, you take Negative. the fucking okay. headphones off. Yeah, you do. Where? Where? Oh, oh asshole. Oh. Wow. Good for you. Nice, nice. All take right. After, take after my so, 
Yeah, All right, so I had no, I had no great. honorable mentions on this list. I, I actually stuck myself to a top ten. I do have a couple of shows I could throw out there, but I'm more intrigued to hear what you guys all listed. Uh, we'll just popcorn it. Whoever wants to go first with their honorable mentions, I do believe, Dave, you actually have the fewest this time. That's, That's stunning. I can go with mine. I mean, uh, my my three of them. Uh, one of them is a Croft Super Show, not exactly a cartoon, but it was a Saturday morning show. It, I think Land of the Lost was on there for a while, right. and they had uh, a, a, like Electra Woman and Dinah Girl and the Banana Splits and that kind of shit. That they showed up. Uh, <laughs> that kind of sh- the the Jetsons was an honorable mention for me, and um, Underdog was an honorable. Oh, mention. great theme song! Yes, great theme song. Those were those are the ones the the three honorable mentions I came up with. Very nice, very nice. Patrick, should I do my honorable mentions, then kick it over to DP, and he can just start with number yeah, 10 sounds, right away? Yeah, sounds good. You, all right. All go right. Ahead. Here we go. So uh, Flintstones, Jetsons, I don't know that they were on Saturday mornings, but they probably were at some point for me. Uh, I love both those cartoons. I would watch them all the time. The Flintstones are actually on weeknights for me in my local syndication, and I will turn it on once in a while. Love that stuff. But here, here's my honorable mention, The Tick. Uh, Alf was on for me on Saturday mornings. Hulk Hogan, awesome. Rock and Wrestling. Oh um, shit! Scooby Doo did not make my top ten, but I love Scooby Doo. Any incarnation, especially Scrappy Doo. Um, Bobby's World. Bobby's World was fun. Oh, Bobby's phenomenal. World was a good one. Yeah. And then um, my my actual favorite. I didn't even put on my top ten. My favorite Saturday morning cartoon that I actually loved, and I doubt any of you have ever heard of this one. It's the Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Uh, they oh, were. Oh yeah. They were sheriff cows, yep. and they were like like all the people were cows. So the best part about it now that I got older is cows were riding horses as sheriffs. It's the weirdest thing ever. But it was really good. So I yeah, that, that I, was was that one of those Fox? That was one of those Fox Kids shows, wasn't it? Was, no, that was ABC. It was like eighty nine, ninety, right in there. I actually yeah. looked up a whole bunch of programming when I did this. The uh, Saturday morning program in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Right. Um, so it's pretty cool to go back and look at that. If you're listening to this show and you grew up in any of those eras, and I'm sure you did, go back and Google it. You'll look at it and see what's on those Saturday mornings when you used to get up. Like Patrick said, I did. I lived with my grandparents um, from like three, four years old until about fourth grade. And they would get up so early during the week, but they would not get up early on Saturday. And it was all mine, the TV in the living room, the big TV in the living room. I literally, like you said, if it was always before six. 5.30 at the latest until 9 o'clock. I had that TV, and it was cartoons. Yep. Dan, yeah, what about you, man? All right, so uh, I think when PC Tunney told me exactly what this was going to be, it wasn't necessarily mentioned that it was going to be cartoons only. No, it's, it's not. not cartoons. It's not. It's not. not cartoons only? I, I, okay, good. Yeah, but you I, should be fine. Okay. So I uh, conveyed so fuck off. I, well, you, well, you were talking car- just saying cartoons, so I was like, oh, shit. But it wouldn't mean I only have to take one off my list, but that's so that's fine. That's okay. Um, I just we're just jumping into number 10. I'll skip my honorable mentions. Well, it's not a big deal. A couple of them were already said and stuff so, like that. So. so, real quick before you jump into your no- number 10, one of the things I did find when I was working on this, and Tony mentioned it syndication. Syndication, I think, really a lot of these shows aired in syndication uh, on weird times in the mornings for me. So, if somebody's like, whoa, 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 that wasn't on this channel. Fuck off. It's where I found it when I watched it as a kid. And that was, yeah, the other thing, you know, PC mentioned is some of these, I'm, I'm pretty sure they were on Saturday mornings, but 
the way it all ro- you know rolls together when you watch it before school starts or something during the week. You you know you think maybe it was on Saturday, but maybe it necessarily wasn't on Saturday morning. Right, so. might have been on Tuesday <laughs> afternoon. You never know. Yeah. Yep. Because that's actually number ten on my list, and I wasn't sure if it really was on Saturday mornings or not because I know I watched it before school would start. But uh, Inspector Gadget was my number ten. It was nice. uh, it was one of my favorites just because I've always been into the whole the spy thing and all that kind of mystery stuff, right. and gadgets and all that fun stuff. And uh, go gadget, this, go! Yeah, the the theme song was great. Inspector Gadget. You'd always have the I. I still to this the movie. Day, was, the movie, not so much. I never saw the when movie. They made that, I was, movie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that movie. Was, that movie is so bad it got a sequel. <laughs> no, Inspector Gadget was Inspector Gadget was great. I loved it. It should have been on my honorable mention. The only thing I wanted to say, sorry, Patrick, is no, this ahead. message will self destruct in five seconds. And it always got thrown back at the chief. Yeah, always. Always. For me, Inspector Gadget was special. Because it was on Nickelodeon where I was. And so, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. And and my family didn't have Nickelodeon, and but my grandmother on my mom's side, my grandmother on my mom's side did. And so it was always like this thing. If we got to get on, like get to grandmother's house to turn the TV to Nickelodeon and Inspector Gadget and Danger Mouse were like two of these shows that like I used to like used to air all the time and i was like these are great shows and can never watch them at home and so i didn't get nickelodeon until we were in like our in like my teens and that's what it kind of came back Tony, what are you laughing at over there yeah he's still watching i'm watching, I'm watching the cherry spitting championships <laughs> <laughs> all right well while, awesome. while Tony does that dave why don't you give us your hit us with your number 10 my number 10, I can't imagine this would be on anybody's list because I'm old. You know, let, let's establish, in case you haven't learned that yet, folks, I'm old. Uh, my number 10 was the Shazam Isis Hour. This was uh, before your guys' time, late 70s, that sort of thing. It was an hour. They would do the, the Shazam live action thing on TV, which was, you know, a guy driving around in some Monte Carlo or something looking for adventures. And then they would always like the back half would be Isis, who was like an Egyptian goddess sort of thing and she'd wear this amulet and she had superpowers and i think dc actually incorporated her into the dc expanded universe at some point in time to accommodate i don't think she was originally a dc character but she was quite popular and so they brought her in but you know i mean i love shazam when i was a kid you know big superhero fan like i was uh and isis was she was no nowhere near as cool as shazam but it was a great it was a great way to waste an hour on a saturday morning because yeah when i was a kid it was even bigger, you know, Saturday mornings were, it was everything was Saturday mornings. I mean, you would revolve your whole kid calendar, like Christmas story, the whole kid calendar would revolve around Christmas. For me, it was like, you know, they would have that big preview show showing what the Saturday morning cartoons were going to be like every fall, right before they would launch. And it was just a massive big deal. But yeah, Shazam and I, the Shazam ISIS hour was number, number 10 for me. The great thing about Dave's list is there will be nobody else really talking about the shows on this list. It'll move us along a little bit faster. Be nice. All right, Tony, you're number 10, sir. I have the, it's a Nickelodeon one and it's kind of more recent. Um, It's the penguins of Madagascar. Uh, As an adult, I've thoroughly enjoyed this, especially the way they've developed the characters of the penguins. If you've seen the Madagascar movies, the penguins and the lemurs are the stars of the show. And this just continues it on. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I constantly record it, watch the new ones. 
whenever it's out, whenever I get a chance. Um, Tony, that's the cartoon that I actually Tony, still watch. You didn't see anything. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Very nice, very nice. Um, yeah, I, I can't say that I've seen that show. Uh, the Little O'Dowd, not a big Madagascar fan, so I, I'm more rele- relegated to things like Teen Titans Go when it comes to what the Little O'Dowd digs. My number 10 uh, in the 80s, you can always count on the last set of cartoons, I think it was on ABC in our in, in my area, was the Looney Tunes Hour. And That's way higher on my list. Way higher on the list, so and we're going to hold all of us. off. All right. All right. So the other rule that you need to know, um, Dan, is that as we go through the show, DP, uh, we do it rotisserie style um, with a draft. So I go twice. I do my 10 and my 9, and when it get back to, get, gets back to you, you'll do your 9 and your 8. 10-4. So, so my number 8 was on CBS every morning. This is your number 9, right? This is my number 9. Okay. 10-4. 10-4. And as a kid, to this day, and I think there's a whole other realm of cartoon theme songs that we can discuss when it when it comes to this sh- this show. For me, this I still know the lyrics to the Muppet Babies theme song, or which is which is criminal. And Tony's got his hand up, so now I have to pause again. You son of a bitch, son of a bitch. My number nine is those pizza loving, high fiving, high three in, green as hell, shell wearing. Turtles, and that's going to be the end of that because DP's got it higher. Dave, what do you got at number nine? Uh, number nine on my list, uh, something that we discussed during the 80s project, uh, the live action version, but we did mention they're bringing this thing back. It's uh, He Man and the Masters of the Universe at number n- Okay, never mind. Oh, there you go. Tapping out, tapping out. DP, number nine. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll see if I can get my hand raised or not. Uh, so mine, this is my first, uh, non-cartoony show, uh, but mine is, uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse. Oh, good. Uh, there we go. Honey's oh, got raised. it higher. There's the hand raised. All right. This was, uh, <laughs> Too sweet. Uh, Too sweet. So just move on into your eight. Moving to, moving to number eight. And uh, Dave had this as his honorable mention, I think, but the Jetsons would be my, oh, number, nice. my number eight. That was one of my favorites of all time. And. Again, mother love the theme song and you know Spacely Sprockets and everything with the Jetsons. And can the I do? Futuristic can I do my best? Can I do, can I do my best Spacely uh, impersonation? Let's do it. All right. That's in your world. <laughs> That's pretty good, Tony. That's pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> but the whole yeah. The I had to take I had to take my glasses off of that. <laughs> protect the goods. I know. I understand. You got, all right, so it's uh, my number eight then, unless you've got more Jets and stuff to talk about, Dan. I don't think no? so. That's, uh... Uh, my number eight is Johnny Quest. Nobody else. All right, Johnny all Quest. Right, hold, was... hold on real quick before you go on. That's my mom's favorite cartoon of all time. Is it? She's got good taste. <laughs> you're, you're, you're looking like you don't agree with her or me on this thing. Have you watched it recently? No, of course not. I'm talking it's, about it's, when it was good. Hindsight being everything. Go back and watch it. Watch the the premiere episode and see how how far you go before you're like, "Whoa, we were really racist when that thing came out." Oh, of course we were. Haji? What? I mean, come on. You got to you got to give got to give some latitude. This is the late early 80s, late 70s and uh it was just I mean, you know, Johnny and Haji going out getting adventures, solving shit that the adults who have 
more degrees than Dan and I combined can't figure out how this shit works out, you know, so that sort of thing. It's a, uh, but it's funny. It, it was before Raiders of the Lost Ark or around the same time, same kind of concept guys going out, going on adventures, finding archeological treasures, getting into trouble, having life threatening things. Yeah. Of course they had the dog. I forget what the dog's name was, but he was cool. Bandit. The dog's Bandit. name was Thank Bandit. You. Thank you, Patrick. Bandit was awesome. I, Grace I, Bannon. Like, yeah. So here's the thing is my because my mom loved the show when Cartoon Network debuted. We, if you'll remember when Cartoon Network first started, it really was old cartoons, and they would show a lot. The Hanna Barbera Library yeah. was huge. the The thing about uh, Johnny Quest, even Haji, isn't the worst part of that. Is that like every villain is like a racist archetype of of people. Like first episode, they get attacked by African pygmies. The second episode, like. They they must have fought every evil Asian person on the planet, and they made them like yellow skin with the Fu Manchu mustache, mustache like the whole. It was so, just it did not it does not age well. No, but at the time it was a lot of fun. So it was. that that that's why it got number eight on my list. So everybody now you know Dave Ungar, closet racist. Uh, Absolutely anyway. no, just kidding. <laughs> Oh, I'm not. Send your hate tweets to yeah, this, this week. It's send your hate tweets to add attitude. A G G. So, all right. So who, who is it? Who's a Tony? Tony is your eight buddy. Tiny tunes. DP's got it. Hider. Yeah. They're tiny. They're toony. They're all a little loony and they're higher on DP's. Ola Rooney. Right. right. The hell's yeah. No, my number eight, my number eight was he man in the masters of the universe. And it got mentioned earlier. I uh, first real show that I that that I like remember embracing with the action figures and the cartoon and, and having them all tied into each other. Just ate that thing for breakfast. I uh, I may or may not have the the original series on DVD in the collection and refuse to give up watching them in order the thing that i find kind of amazing is if you go back and look at some of the people who did work on those episodes and those cartoons a lot of famous comic writers uh involved in that a lot of famous animation people that that you would be surprised were were actually part of it for me the one that stands out is j michael straczynski wrote a lot of episodes for he-man and the masters in the universe and straczynski uh, as we've talked about previously on the show, did a lot of writing for Spider-Man comics in the late 90s, early 2000s, was the amazing Spider-Man writer uh, around the night around 9-11, if I do if I do recall, if I got my dates right. And so just kind of a fun connection to see that cartoon, you know, was was a part of so many kind of big time careers in comics and, and other entertainment. I had Skeletor's Fortress. And I had a lot of the action figures. I actually remember being young enough uh, to where we would go to the video store and I would rent. We would rent the on beta. The series you're talking about. My man, beta. Jesus. Hey, why aren't you giving him shit like you gave me when I disclosed (laughs) I had beta? Huh? Oh, because I like him. Fucking hypocrite. Go ahead. We fought over WrestleMania. It's okay. (laughs) Any other yeah, comments? Actually, I think on... agreed about WrestleMania, but uh, that's all right. <laughs> no, me and Tony fought over WrestleMania. Oh, okay, got you. Any other thoughts on E-Man and the Masters of the Universe before I go to the number seven? I was all the great my... action, all the great action figures. That yeah. that's the greatest thing about E-Man. I was a big fan yeah. when they had Skeletor do the uh, Honda commercials, and he would talk about the rearview camera. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, My number seven, my number seven is the only live action show that I have on my list. And that is saved by the bell hand up. All right. We'll pause on saved by the bell. And that means that we are back to Tony with your number seven. My number seven is Muppet, 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 babies, babies, babies. babies. I, can't do the, so. I can't do the big like 50s doo-wop thing at the end there. Woo-hoo. Yeah, that one. Um, I thought it was great as a kid tuning in and seeing the Muppets as babies. I, I thought it was really good. I know they did reincarnations of it, but uh, gentlemen, your thoughts. I know, Dave, that's probably past the time you were Loving that Muppets. I yield the floor to you three. That show sure. was so <laughs> that show was way smarter than people gave it credit for. And that's that's the thing that I loved about that cartoon is that if you go back, you know, with your their imagination, they these Muppet babies, first of all, that spawned completely out of the Muppets Take Manhattan movie. Because there's a scene with baby Muppet puppet, um, baby Muppets doing a thing there and people went raved about it in the reviews and talking about the movie to the point where it got picked up as a cartoon, but they would, when they would jump into their imagination and go through different things, one of the other things that would happen a lot of times is they would end up in front of like famous works of art, uh, classic, classic locations around the world. They would be like superimposed over this thing. And there were no adults. And the thing that, you know, really spoke to me as a kid was, was this, I, there were no adults. You had nanny, and Nanny, you didn't, you never saw anything more than her feet. And she would just, it was always her as a character. She oftentimes would either walk in for the, like the moral center lesson at the end of the show, or to be like, what's going on in there? And they'd be like, nothing, Nanny, or yes, Nanny, and go about their thing. And otherwise it was the Muppet Babies in this play world and watched it all the time on CBS as a kid. I love the Muppet show. If that counts for well, and that, and that played in rerun forever on the two the two old guys who just shit on everything. Stat, they were, Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> you would, you would, These guys would, think that they have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, Patrick would have fit in real well as the third guy in that. <laughs> that I'm sorry, Patrick. <laughs> I'm not even offended by that. That's a high ass compliment. That's a perfect way to end great. Muppet Babies, I think. Dave, what's right. your number seven? Uh, my number seven is Speed Racer. I, I mean, Ooh. that th- this was one of my favorite shows i mean you had the speed racer you had mr x not professor x mr x and their rivalry and i think he ends up being speed racer's dad at the end of all this stuff you had the uh the twins you had didn't they have the monkey what was the monkey's name sprocket or something like that or i forget what the monkey's name was but there was always some crazy race going on and speed racer's car had all these gadgets and things and it was it, it was just, it was a lot of fun. One of my favorite shows to watch when on Saturday, I know they had it in the afternoons after school and then they switched it to Saturday morning. So speed racer gets number seven on my list. MTV introduced me to speed racer. They used to show reruns yeah. of speed racer on MTV. And for me was one of the kind of gateways introductions to anime and Japanese animation. Uh, does even have though you, that element. Yeah. Well, no, it's, I mean, it's a Japanese cartoon, like it's anime. And what, it, like, that was kind of a springboard as you kind of got fascinated. And it was 
not the best anime in the world, but it was an introduction into a whole new world of entertainment that like I really got into in, in my undergraduate years as a college student. Cool. Awesome. All right. So we're still on number sevens and we're to DP. So what do you got, buddy? I was one of PC Tony's honorable mentions, I believe, but I got Bobby's world as my number seven. Nice. As nice. One of my favorites of all time. I, I was a big fan of Howie Mandel. You know, I've got to see a few of his standups growing up and I always loved it. And I loved his Bobby character. And then they did the cartoon and doing the whole, my name is Bobby. And, you know, him riding around on the little, you know, on his uh, little three-wheeler down the down the uh, hallways and stuff, and just right. I just loved everything about that uh, that show. Very, very DP much like. The, oh, go ahead. DP and I actually got to see Howie Mandel do stand up in Las Vegas. This was years ago. What was that? That wasn't the first year we went to Vegas, right? It was, it was like that second was the or first year. I think we went to Vegas. Was it? Okay, so. so this is two two thousand two. We saw. We saw Howie Mandel in Vegas. He had a 90-minute show. He went on for two hours and 45 minutes. He talked to the crowd for an hour and 15 minutes and said, you guys got anything else? I've been down. I've been done for over an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got about nice. 45 minutes of maybe, maybe 45 minutes, maybe a half an hour of actual, like, scripted material. material. And then the rest is just him riffing with the crowd and talking shit. And it was, it's absolutely hilarious. He is one of the best to see. That shows very much also in the vein of Muppet Babies with that encouragement of child, children and their imagination. And very fondly remember that, like how, how kids and imagine, like that's something that kids can really relate to watching. And I think that's why that show was so successful in a lot of ways. Uh, number, six number six for me. Yes. I have, <laughs> I don't know if it, what it exactly was called, uh, WWF Superstars or Wrestling Challenge. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was a saturday mornings at 11 a.m yeah that's true that's true that was there you that go was where i got my weekly information for wrestling because they didn't have raw and smackdown on then you didn't have any other weekly show except for wrestling challenge on saturday mornings and you'd have the guys sitting around their kind of round table and bobby the brain heenan or sean mooney or gorilla monsoon whoever was there was you know talking and They'd usually have a you know a wrestler show up and do a little interview, and then they would cut to some matches, and that's where I got my uh, weekly fix of wrestling before it became more mainstream. See, for me, yeah, it was exactly. Uh, for me, it was Sundays. So Saturdays was always Cartoon Day. Sunday, though, um, I could get Superstars on one affiliate, and then All American Wrestling on USA. And I would one came on at ten, one came on at eleven. And it was funny to watch the two shows back to back because you would get some of the same matches on the show or some of the same promos on the same show, but it wouldn't quite be the same show. So I would convince myself to watch both. And my old man used to piss me off because he would make me mow the lawn on Sunday mornings. And so it was like a race to see how fast I could get the lawn mode so I could get there in time to catch at least one of the two, usually all American. Cause it was on at 11. I can top that. Okay. Uh, first of all, I was lucky enough that my dad wanted cable so we could watch basketball when ESPN came along in the late eighties with basketball and everything else when they finally picked up some stuff. So we had that. So I remember watching Tuesday night Titans. I also remember having WCW Saturday night and doing moves off the couch in the living room Saturday night when everybody else was coming. <laughs> nice. uh, but Sundays, Sundays, DP remembers his Saturday morning. I remember Sunday morning. 
WWE Superstars was on at 11 a.m. by me. Church was at 8 a.m. Breakfast was after church. I need to rush these people through breakfast in an hour that I could get home to watch wrestling by 11. There was no recording it. It was either you watched it or you didn't. And I had to see the ultimate warrior, you know, press slam some jobber. (laughs) Totally. Nothing like a bunch of jobber matches. Yeah. It's all all jobber matches. You get to see maybe like the honky tonk man or Brutus beefcake. And then you'd have the warrior versus uh, some Barry Horowitz or somebody. (laughs) Yeah. You get, you get that, you'd get that, um, you'd get that mid card main event. It was always great. My favorite jobber of all time, by the way, Dwayne Gill. Dwayne Gill was my favorite. <laughs> Dwayne Gill. <laughs> Hell yeah. Gilberg actually got brought up on uh, Pot is War this last No, week. no, no, no. Not Gilberg. Oh. Dwayne Gill. Dwayne Gill, was... Dwayne Gill, before he shaved his head and had the the like the mullet with the bald spot and the handlebar mustache looked like a like if Hulk Hogan never grew. Uh <laughs> it was it was awful. But loved Dwayne Gill. My favorite jobber to the stars was uh, Jim Powers. So anyway, we're on our number sixes. We're back to to Dave. Yeah, my number six. Uh, I don't know if this is racist or not. You know, with all this closet oh, racism oh, going on, but, but this show was huge when I was a kid, um, and it was Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. I I mean, this not so much I, black show made by black people. Right, exactly, and and it, and it was just—I mean—they had all these different characters going on, and and it's hard to remember. I mean, like they had the one guy with like the pink thing over his face, and I was mush never mouth. like, yeah, I was like, no, no, that wasn't mushmouth. That wasn't mushmouth. I was never sure what that was, but there was always some good moral that they were trying to teach you at at this with this show going on, and, uh, and which you know, was ironic. Why is that? Well, wasn't Bill Cosby a big part of this? The, he was. Yeah, the it's, Cosby it's Bill Cosby's kid. show. But this right. is and they try to a, teach you a moral. <laughs> this this is before he was that way, Tony. Or maybe no. he was that way the whole time. We don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, don't you think? Probably. Hey. It's okay. Fat Albert. So so yeah, th- that cartoon was, I think that's what he called his penis. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that that animated that, that cartoon was based on stories he would tell about his neighborhood growing up. Um, and a big part of his comedy routine. I'm going to keep this show together no matter how many different ways Tony tries to pull us off the tracks. But um, no, it is, it's is—it's kind of hard to look back on that show now given what we know about Bill Cosby. But yeah, Fat Albert was a huge deal. I remember that being a big show. Not me personally, but... Yeah, so do a lot of I people. thought you were trying to rein this in, Patrick. I can tell you a lot of I can uh, tell uh, you a lot of people a lot of a lot of people apparently don't even remember Fat Albert being that big. I, that's because I'm old. You know, that's the theme of the show. That's the title. Well, I was, I was making a really bad daybreak joke. Oh, sorry. Right. But yeah, Fat Albert's number six for me. Tony, you're number six, sir. <laughs> if you remember it. Oh, God. Uh, my number six is Camp Candy. Nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. John Candy. Yeah, that was a great show. Yes. I remember that one. Absolutely loved it. I, I, I could rarely catch it, but when I did, I was like, hey, I know I'm 10, but leave me the fuck alone for a half hour, okay? <laughs> right, right. That was a good show. It's been a long time since I've even seen a rerun of that. I don't even know if those exist anywhere. It was on uh, 89, 90, 91, 92. Yeah. I definitely remember the show. Like it was, I mean, it was part of the lineup. So I definitely remember seeing it. But um, yeah, that'd be, that'd be a cool one to dig up and see how it's aged. 
That's when John Candy was rolling and doing all doing everything. Yeah, he was top Baseballs of everything. It was great. Planes, trains, and yeah, Uncle Buck, all that, all those stuff. He was awesome. Great outdoors. Awesome. Great outdoors. Hell yeah! All right, my number six. My number six uh, is part of the the Fox Morning Pack at this point, uh, and that was the the '90s, early '90s uh, Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, was part of that. There was a there was a time where Marvel. Saturday morning cartoons are a big thing. And there's another one on my list a little bit further along. So I, I don't want to reveal too much about it till we get to that. But that was a that series until uh, Fox and Marvel started fighting with each other over content was a pretty darn good Spider-Man show. It was pretty pretty solid in introducing a large part of the rogues gallery telling some nice narrative threads it was your first real introduction for me for like the the venom character for carnage like all of them were all a big part of this and they did like it was interesting to see what they could use and what they couldn't use because they couldn't call like they did a sinister six series but they didn't call it the sinister six it was something like and i can't remember i'm gonna i'm gonna get it wrong but those cartoons are all back on disney plus now uh, as part of as part of their their, their streaming content, uh, all of those old um, early '90s Marvel comic series are there, and I yeah, I watched that thing religiously all the way to its very unsatisfactory season finale, series finale, <laughs> which literally oh go ahead no, no I was just gonna say that was an era of those Marvel co- comics where it was actually pretty good. And before they kind of dropped off and just they had a, a time there where it just was kind of nothing. And like the Spider-Man one, it was like X, X-Men was on there. That was one of my kind of my honorable mentions. That was that was good at the time. And yeah, just that that time was good time for actually Marvel cartoons. Right. Very much so. All right. So we're uh, we're going to move on to my number five. Uh, my number five is another uh, show I used to watch religiously on ABC in the mornings. I think that was the affiliate. That was the real Ghostbusters. Nothing. Or I'm seeing some nods. So here, here's the thing that I remember about the real Ghostbusters more than anything is that I was very confused as to why it wasn't just called the Ghostbusters until you learn that Filmation had actually taken over the trademark rights way back prior to the movie ever being invented and or being made. And I've, talked about the show a lot on netflix uh, but the movies that made us actually talks about the wrangling that the film had with trying to get permission to use ghostbusters as its title uh they eventually won out but when the cartoon came along filmation was like no you cannot do this we have a cartoon called ghostbusters you're you're infringing on our rights so they just put the word real in front of it I mean- and then they and that was how i got to follow the animated adventures of Egon, Stan Spangler, and Zed Moore. And Slimer going around a firehouse. So sorry about that technical blip. I didn't you guys looked perfectly normal throughout the whole thing too. Like you were like sitting on it looked like you were listening. So but that was my number five. Uh and that brings us back to Tony for your number five, sir. I'm guessing that was right around the time of Ecto Cooler as well. Probably. Oh God, I wish I had a glass of Ecto Cooler. It's a little bit of vodka in there. Anyway, my number five. Maybe higher up on DP's list, but if anything has you know proven true in the last however many years of podcast DWI, it's a good possibility that we may both have a number five Darkwing Duck. 
Yeah, I thought so. It's higher up. There we go. All right, go ahead, Dave. Number five. Uh, my number five is uh, Tom and Jerry. Oh. Oh, higher on Tunny's list. Wow. All right. Oh, all right. Move on, on, to, on to DPP. For my number five, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I know PC mm. had it a little lower on his list, but I had it a little higher on mine. I was a big fan of that one. I loved watching that every morning, seeing uh, those green guys gobble up pizza and uh, just fight crime. Shredder was one of my favorite villain characters of all time, even in the... Uh, when Kevin Nash played him in the in the live action movie, that was kind of fun. <laughs> like super Shredder, uh, but and then later Seamus played an animal, <laughs> Rocksteady. Yeah, that's Bebop, right. That's right. Which I, I can't remember which one he played. He was he was Bebop, I think. Bebop. So so can I just tell you how devastated I was to learn that in the comic Shredder died in like the first issue. Like it blew blew my whole world out of it. Like when I because I had watched the cartoon. My little that's brother how, was way more into Ninja Turtles than I was. That's how legendary, though, of the char- uh, the thought of the character must have been by filmmakers moving forward, though. Right. Well, he was he was a just a good villain, especially because, like, I don't know, I, I didn't read the comics so much, but I knew like the cartoon and stuff. They had Kang as one of the the bigger villains, but Krang. I don't know, he just Krang. He just didn't get over as much as, uh, you know, and it's hard to make that kind of character into live action because he had his little right. alien body in his, you know, in the belly area. You can't really do that as well, especially when they were making those movies and CGI wasn't as good as it is now. But yeah, that was that was my number five. I'll, uh, All right. So moving into your number four, roll right into my number four, which was I think lower on PC's list, but the Tiny Toons. That was. Uh, one of my favorites of all time. You mind? Do your do yourself. They're tiny. They're tiny. They're toony. They're a little loony. And in this cartoony, they're invading your TV. Yes. So come and join the fun. And now our song. Right. Is done. One of the one of my favorite animated movies that is darn hard to find is the Tiny Toon Adventures: How I Spent My Summer Vacation movie. If you can find that, do yourself a favor and watch it. Totally worth the time. Some of the jokes are a little dated. For example, there is a Roseanne Barr national anthem joke that that is in there that if you don't know who Roseanne is, you're and at this point, you know, those Gen Zers probably don't know. It's it's hilarious to me, but but like, you know, that those movies those, those cartoons were very dependent and are used a lot of like celebrity humor, like a lot of current event humor. Uh, I just loved it. Them and and some other shows that were in that family. I don't want to name them if somebody else has got them. So my number four. Yeah, your number four. My number four is actually kind of related to uh, Tiny Toons, and it's Looney Tunes. I think it was up oh, higher on your. Oh, never mind then. We it was talking about that my, later. It was lower on that, my list. So that's fine, Dave, because it's my turn for number four, and it's a show you just had at number five, and it's Tom and Jerry. I absolutely love Tom and Jerry. I love the concept. I love the premise. I love the fact that. It just happens. You can add a dog. You can add something smaller than um, Jerry if you want, which you have in the past. You know, the, the the people come home or they don't. They're not even in the episode. There's just so many things they do with this. It's so great. It's so clever. It's been going on for so long. I mean, <laughs> Tom and Jerry. Dave, Tom and Jerry. Yeah, Tom never wins. You know, he's very much like Wiley Coyote, which I know we're going to talk about in a few minutes. It's the same dynamic that 
but but Tom and Jerry makes it different because when you look at Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner, say okay, they're same size, conceptually a pretty even matchup, even though it never Tom should be whipping Jerry's ass, and it never works out that way. And uh, Jerry's always the smarter one, and and it and it's just so funny some of the stuff that happens, and that's what makes Tom and Jerry very similar to Looney Tunes is that it's just funny to see how Jerry constantly outsmarts him, constantly gets the better of him. And, and it's just hilarious the way that they do it. I absolutely love Tom and Jerry. When I was a younger man and I used to wake up hungover cause I don't anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause I'm too None sm- of us do. I don't. No, I don't. I don't wake up hungover anymore. I'm way too fucking smart for that. Cause I've been way too many times, but when I was a younger man, you know, I would wake up hungover. My favorite thing to do would be to grab as much greasy food as I could fit down my gullet and watch Tom and Jerry. Good strategy. Tom just wasn't the guy, brother. It wasn't the guy, brother. Just wasn't the guy. All right, so that puts it to you, Tony. Yep, Tony, you're number four. That oh. was his number four. Oh, it's, it's my you, four. Pod. Keep up my with my number us. Come four. On. And I'm no. the one drinking. I am the one drinking. Buddy. We're all drinking. You are. I'm not drinking. Oh, you're not. So my number four actually was mentioned by DP a little bit earlier. And when we were talking about the Marvel cartoons and that's the X-Men, the X-Men cartoon was in my opinion, as a kid, blew me away, just blew me away. Watching it's based on Claremont's uh, iteration and group of characters more than anything. Um, and that nineties look that was coming on. And, and again, that was one of those shows that, uh, was was kind of set apart from other cartoons that I used to watch at the time because it had a narrative thread. And you're going to see this as we go through my remaining cartoons, that the thing that I really liked as I got older and still watched cartoons and enjoyed it was having episodes that were like a series of episodes, like a season with a story arc. And seasons of X-Men, like X-Men covered everything. Like they did a Dark Phoenix saga. They did a story with the Shi'ar Empire. Did they, they, get, did, did they get it right? Did they get it right, Patrick? They got it more right than that horrible Dark Phoenix movie. Thank you. They uh, it was mean, on HBO last night. It was. Uh, I noticed that. Uh, but uh, they they covered um, not Genosha. Yeah, they did cover Genosha. Like they covered all of these iconic story arcs that existed in the the Marvel uh, pantheon. There or not pantheon canon. And it was so it was so great, and I loved it, and it sucked it in, and it, it too suffered in its waiting years uh, with disputes between Fox, the animation studios, and, and Marvel. And you can see there, I can't. It's uh, the last season; everything kind of shifts, and a, like a big portion of the voice acting cast goes away, the animation, the quality of the anim- animation goes down, and it's just a shame. It was such a good show, loved it, wouldn't miss it. That was a show that was appointment programming for me, like the rest of these were. Every time. I, I mean, it, all the stuff you're mentioning is great. It's just like I was already, I don't know, probably working full time by the time a lot of these great, sure. car- great comic uh, based characters and cartoons came out. But well, yeah, it sounds fun. Well, well, the good news is Disney Plus has them all. I, I got to sit down and watch that. Well, that's what I liked about uh, X-Men, too, is it introduced you to a bunch of different characters that you didn't, you know, that were just not the oh, yeah. characters, too. And like, I remember watching that show like hoping that I'd see an episode with Gambit on there because Gambit was my favorite. And he just, you know, he would come on once in a while and he'd finally get to see him. And it was so exciting to watch him throw his cards around and have, you know, and his bow staff and everything. My 
my um, back in the days of instant messenger aim, you could, cha- you could change the tune when somebody would show up in the room and I was able to sh- change it to everyone can relax. Gambit has returned uh, or arrived or whatever he said And the guy like that. Gambit was so cool at, to me as a kid. I hated Wolverine. I still hate Wolverine. I think Wolverine's the most overrated <laughs> character in all of comics um, because he, whatever he's, he's not that cool anyway. Yeah, totally. Gambit wanted was like, I hope that Gambit and rogue couple get together, like figure it out. Love that shit. Anyway. So that's my number four. My number three, thunder, 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 thundercats. Oh, I God, if he man was like my first, action figure like love affair cartoon thundercats was thundercats was the one that surpassed it better storytelling better animation it looked like it was an anime style it was a rankin and bass made cartoon was so great so well done also told longer stories had much stronger story arcs mum ross scared the shit out of me as a kid I, I took him seriously. That mummy, he was the ever living when he get all jacked up and muscular. Love that show. And maybe is a little bit of a furry thing because that Chitara, he like I can't I can't deny, like I, I felt funny. A little felt felt a little funny. Chitara <laughs> running on the screen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got nothing, man. I with that last statement, I got nothing. Literally. I had Thundercats action figures as well. Hell yeah, you did. Panthro, Panthro with the nunchucks. Oh, it was fucking oh, bad. Oh, that was the best. Oh yeah, that was the first one. And then my dad's like, "We came here for, we came here for this one. We get, we're getting the Thundercat. What was the main guy with the the Lion-O. orange guy? Yeah, Lion-O Lion-O. With we, the sword. we came here for Lion O. You're getting Lion O, and I gotta buy this fucking nunchuck guy now too. Cause he's fucking awesome. He was the best. He was the best Thundercat. Panthro was the man. He was the science guy, the like inventor. Like he built all their shit. Fucking I fuck think- Lion O. I think the deal at Toys R Us down on 27th Street, DP, was, okay, I'll get you both of them, but I'm not getting you nunchucks. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) All right, that's my number three. We're back to you, Tony. Saved by the Bell. Yes. Saved by the Bell. We all know Saved by the Bell. Kelly Um, Kapowski. Yeah, Yeah. I mean – it went from Saved by the Bell to they went off and um, they were at the resort at the end, right, where uh, the, the uh, Leah Remini was there, was yep. the, the daughter of the guy. Stacey Carosi. Yep. And then we went to the college years, which was even better. That wasn't Saturday morning. But Saved by the Bell was ridiculous because when it was on, whether or not you were a teenager or younger, you still loved that show. And then... As it moved forward, I mean, I was born in the early, early, almost earliest, almost earliest of the 80s. And my sister was born in the latest of the 80s. And she grew up liking Saved by the Bell as well because of syndication. So it's really weird. This show kind of transcends a lot of stuff that happened. It's funny that Brandon Tartikoff is the guy who did this for NBC and ended up the way he did and the values that they tried to portray in this show. But at the same time, it gives you so many memorable moments. It gives you so many people moving forward, uh, whether it's the life and times of Screech, who I've had a, I've had up close and personal encounters with here in this very state at bars. 
seriously, I have. Um, uh, too bad the guy ended up the way he did. But then you have uh, you have Zach Morris and you have Slater and and, and you have Jesse Spano. Uh, Lisa Turtle did not turn out so great, but the aforementioned three, uh, you know, did excellently well. Yeah, I. Uh, gosh, you felt like you felt so. It's so silly. This is gonna sound really, but as a kid, you felt so grown up watching Save by the Bell. Like if that if that makes if that makes any sense at all, just because of kind of the subject matter and the material and the way that it was the way that it was handled. But it really was. And that show spawned so many knockoffs, so many other like there were spin-offs of that show. Like you had Saved by the Bell of the New Class, which was trying to recapture the magic of something you couldn't do. You had um oh god, there was a basketball one, hoop something. There was um California Dreams, which was about a um uh, about a band, a like a high school band had a had a song called Surf Dudes with Attitudes. It was terrible. And you look at like the Disney, like Disney Channel model uh, model right now or Nickelodeon, they have all these different sorts of shows that are basically because Saved by the Bell existed and exploded the way that it did. And it blows my mind that that show originally was written for Haley Mills as a vehicle for her because the original series on um, the first season of Saved by the Bell was originally called Good Morning Miss Bliss and followed her as a teacher. But people were more interested in the kids and they dumped Haley Mills, kept the principal and started following Zach Morris and AC Slater and all those kids and their friends. Um, and, and the rest is history, like big time show. Dave, are you a little too old to have even liked this show? I mean, I'm not. I'm not like. I'm. I'm not like uh, trying to push on the you're old kind of thing. That's fine. I'm just push, push I'm, on I'm it, le- buddy. Uh, no, no, no. I'm legitimately asking. Like, okay, so like, uh, how old were you in the late '80s? I well, I graduated high school in '87. So okay, so uh, did you even <laughs> so so okay? So I when think, this show came on, you were graduated from high school. Oh, I like this show a lot. I mean, it wasn't a Saturday morning thing for me. I know, I remember watching it in the afternoons and I thought it was very clever. I, I you know, uh, it wasn't Tiffany Amber Thiessen in this thing or something yeah, like that. Oh, Kelly Kapowski, man. Kelly, Kelly Kapowski. Kapowski. Yeah. Oh, and, and Mario Lopez was on here too, before he became AC a big uh, I, I thought the show was very clever. Uh, yeah, I felt sympathy for screech, you know, that sort of thing. It was, it was a very good show from what I recall of it. It wasn't a Saturday morning thing for me, but Every time I watched it, I, I found it funny. I laughed at it. It was it was very entertaining. And that's, you know, when you're when you were my age, like I was, you know, 18, 20 in that area. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's all you wanted it was to be entertained and, and to laugh a little bit. So the show was a tremendous success in that respect. It just it means something different to me than it does to you guys, clearly. And that's OK, because I'm it was I, I just want to reference one more thing. Uh, here is it was on syndication forever and everybody saw it in the afternoon, but it yeah. was originally part of the Saturday morning lineup. NBC, NBC what? Saturday mornings. It was later. It was later in that morning lineup. But yeah, that's when I started watching it. I, I remember the graduation scene. I remember when um, Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Elizabeth Berkeley took breaks from the show and we got the Tory episodes. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, DP. Tory. DP, your favorite screech moments, are they from the show or from the bars in Waukesha? <laughs> oh, man. I basically tried to avoid you- him whenever we saw him in the bars in Waukesha. That's for sure. There was uh, there was not a lot of good that happened when, from him in those. So 
I would say my favorite moments are him on the actual television show that I got to watch. <laughs> Thank God for that. When he would try Hot and fight mess. people like this, and he would fight, put his hand through his arm. Right. Yeah. Very much so. All right, Dave, what's your number three? My number three is, I, I know from a lot of people, they've watched it many years later, and, and, it, and it's a very good teaching tool for kids even nowadays, but it was Schoolhouse Rock would come on in the mornings, and I learned a lot of, I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, obviously, you, you know, I I'm consider myself fairly smart, despite what O'Dowd says about me, that sort of thing, but I learned a I, lot. I don't of, say that you're stupid, I just say you're <laughs> old, man, like, you're going um, senile, that's well, yeah. different. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I learned a lot from Schoolhouse Rock. I mean, some of those songs have just stuck with me. They've actually put out Schoolhouse Rock on like DVDs and stuff like that to teach kids. And I mean, you know, three is a magic number. I, I know like uh, some band that I they redid that song. I forget. Oh, I forget who it was. But anyway, they did that. They got I'm a Bill, all that stuff. I mean, I learned yeah, a lot I about it. Yeah, I learned a lot yeah. about how the Constitution works from that stuff. So Dave went um, to law so school many good, Schoolhouse what, Rock. You know, that's right. I did. Exactly. I figured out, okay, a conjunction and button or, okay, now I learned, now I will know what conjunctions are and that sort of thing. So, uh, and they were clever. The songs were clever right. and they actually taught kids stuff. So I, I loved Schoolhouse Rock. Well, and you want to talk about transcendent, transcendent things. Like I, like Schoolhouse Rock still aired when I was a kid, um, they, what they did is they chopped the episodes up and you would just get those songs as like breaks in yeah. between like cartoons or like part of commercials right. is I remember conjunction junction. I, and it's, especially as an English major, as Tony is mouthing the words to it. Cause you know, it, and I think that's the one that people jump to a lot, but you know, that one and I'm just a bill. Those are the two that, that most people really cling to. But yeah, those things were all over my TV as a kid in the eighties interjection you know sp- teaching kids what nouns were right you know they just they just had so many and they Looking and they covered all sorts words, of phrases and clauses. that's phrases. right i mean they just had all sorts of subjects that they were tackling so it's a it's an a, it's a definite cornerstone of americana to a certain extent. sometimes ideas that's right. that's right all right dp we're back to you give hit us with your number three all right uh we're entering the mallard era of my uh top 10 here Number uh, number three, <laughs> Ducktales. Woo! Do, do, do. Tales of daring, do bad. Right. Ducktales. One of my just all time favorites. I just absolutely loved. I couldn't miss an episode of this one. Watching Scrooge McDuck, you know, dive into his uh, vault full of gold coins and Huey, Dewey, Louie, and all them going on just random adventures. It was that one was just so much fun to watch. I make jokes. I make jokes about. I make jokes about the director of our dining services program at, at my institution uh, that he has a secret money vault somewhere that he dives around and swims in because of how expensive it is to buy a meal in one of our dining commons and the cost of like a meal plan. Like it's obscene. I I, I make joke. I say he sits on a throne of cash and has a money vault like Scrooge McDuck. People recognize that money vault swimming in the coins thing, even though practically, let's talk about this. You smash your face in if you dive into a pile of coins, but we don't care. We believe in the. It's really liquid. Like you can swim. You got a bill. Not if you're a. You got a bill. Right, right. right. You got bills and a bill. You're good. Word. All right. What's your number two? 
referencing DuckTales, <clears throat> Launchpad McQuack, and the spinoff of DuckTales. Oh, no, it was the spinoff of Tailspin, Darkwing Duck. Which is... Darkwing Duck. Duck. Oh, yeah, we got... Oh, oh nice. <laughs> my, wife, my wife is interjecting her. Interjection. She that? hasn't oh, been standing there for an hour and 45 minutes, hell has she? no, she hasn't. <laughs> Thank you, hon. Your contribution is very nice. I mean, it's better than your Green Day, you know, shrine back behind you there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good stuff. What's wrong with Green Day? Nothing. It's just not Captain America. That's true. It's not it's true. Like few things are, but you know. So Darkwing Duck. Darkwing, Darkwing Duck. Duck. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the switch that derails your train. I yep. am Darkwing Duck. It was just again the whole mystery thing and bringing in like a Batman esque or superhero esque type of thing to it and gadgets again. Just everything that hits my buttons for me as far as uh, things I love and Darkwing Duck just just hit them all and it was so fun to watch and it was just one of those entertaining shows and one of the rare types of you know kind of a spin-off show um, that actually worked <laughs> people were entertained by it right yeah it was i my my old man my dad loved that show which i thought was hilarious like he didn't care for ducktales but he it was it was all because of those one-liners it was all the i am the terror that flaps in the night stuff he thought that was just genius and so he would watch that with my brother and i and that disney that disney you know family of cartoons was a little bit more of my brother's speed than it was my speed i i have very fond memories of ducktales and darkwing duck uh gizmo duck in particular who you know who made appearances on both shows was was one of my favorite characters to see roll around there and Again, I gotta. I'm a, I'm a, I feel like I'm pimping this a little too hard today. Disney Plus, watch them all over again. It's totally one of the best subscription streaming services that I've ever purchased. They should give you a commission as much as you're pimping them today. They don't even know we exist. They will after today, maybe, possibly. Or what else? What else do they have to do? Shit. I don't know, Dave. But why don't you lay your number two on us, my man? My number two is Scooby Doo in whatever iteration you have whether it's scooby-doo whether it's scrappy-doo whether who gives a shit uh scooby-doo was the i mean that that thing was on forever and, and i mean still you know, on it, it's still on and but i mean when i was a kid i mean scooby-doo was everything you know scooby snacks shaggy just chicken shit to the max velma daphne freddie the mystery machine it, it's such a piece of pop culture now you know that they just kind of like I just saw some just recently, you know, they had a they had a meme out there about, you know, Freddie trying to unmask. Let's see who's really behind coronavirus. And they pull the hat off and it's the fucking Charmin bear. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> Here's a question, guys. Do you think Charmin can buy Disney if this crisis continues? Yeah, I mean, anyway, but, I uh, you so. know, it's possible. But I mean, Scooby-Doo was just great. They always had it'd good mysteries. It'd be a tight squeeze. It would be a tight squeeze. That's okay, right. so... Mr. Ungar, favorite special guest on the Scooby-Doo show? Like, you know how they would have special guests? They would. I mean, I, man, I think like the Harlem Globetrotters were on there once, weren't uh, they? Yeah, that was they that so... was probably the one that stands out to me as, as the one I really remember the most. But they did have a lot of a lot of cool guests that would show up. And they, they, they had some really they, cool monsters and stuff. And they would never be real which for somebody like me was always intrigued in the paranormal and supernatural. I wanted it to be real just once. Never was. It was always a letdown. So, gonna, gonna just put that out there. The Phyllis Diller 
special guest episode. <laughs> one of the best. One of the best ones out there. For those of you youngins who don't know who Phyllis Diller is, go look her up and be amazed. She was a national treasure. She was. Yep. RJ City agrees with me. Anyway, we're over. We're back to Tony. Tony, what's your number two, my friend? My number two, we're talking about Cherry. We're talking about Jambi. We're talking about Conky. We're talking about Cowboy Curtis. We're talking about <laughs> the word of the day. We're talking about Pee Wee's. Mole fucking playhouse, motherfuckers. All right, I got to be that guy. It's not the word of the day. It's the secret word. Whatever. You you, you, you meant what I know, okay? You meant what I know. <laughs> yes, I not did. Only, not only was it a Saturday morning show, but it also turned into a plethora of movies that were quite well if you enjoyed them the way you should. Um, the man's a genius. He would actually show up on wrestling uh raw host later on down the road um he had his bad times but it was such a phenomenal show if you were at the right age it's such a phenomenal show if you're at the right age Wee's playhouse and you know it, it's it's a cult classic yeah his his bad times i like how you describe that um oh god you know i love that show uh and again it, that was based out of his stand-up which i think is what's crazy is his stand-up he like the whole playhouse was there and he would do that thing. And uh, you all know who Cowboy Curtis was, right? Morpheus. Yes, Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Morpheus himself was Cowboy Curtis. And uh, the, the amount of sexual innuendo in those shows that just went right over my head as a kid, just whew, wow. And I also remember Penny cartoons. That was that was the other thing I remember out of that show, is that there, every episode had a Penny cartoon, um, where it was a claymation thing where she had pennies for eyes. So that brings me to my number two. And I really, honestly, I feel like this is one in one A uh, when I when I do this. So I'm actually like loathe. It was so hard to pick between the two. I've talked about both of these shows on more than one occasion with with uh, Dave in particular. Tony's been here for part of it. Uh, but my number two is the Transformers. The Transformers. Oh, God, I don't I don't even know where to. The Transformers impacted me so hard that the first time I saw a movie, the first time I saw the movies, the first time I cried when a character died. When they killed Optimus Prime, I was devastated as a child. I wept. That And that tells you just how awesome that show was. Fucking alien robots that could turn into cars, guns, microscopes, you name it. They did it. They had... Other vehicles that can transform into one giant ass robot, like the Constructicons, the oh, Dinobots, everything about it. And much like I talked about with X Men, much like I've talked about with the Thundercats, they are always telling an overarching a narrative. The thing about Thundercat or um, Transformers is there was never one like one off episode. It was always like a five part miniseries episode, like the whole week, uh, you know, a week's worth of shows. Would, would be telling this one story that would get resolved. And Megatron was a badass. And you were like, that's a bad guy I can worry about. And you hated sound why They all look so cool. They even today still look so cool as character drawings and, de- and designs and concept art, even though it's vehicles from the 80s. Love that show. The best part of the Bumblebee movie is the throwback to Cybertron where they digitally made those cartoon characters 
characters in the in the in the movie like made them come to life in a big way. Marked out hard when I watched that on a big screen with my kid. Love that cartoon. Love that show. And like like we often say, it was like trying to pick your favorite child as I went between number two and number one. What was the uh, was it Soundwave? What was the one that was had the Soundwave cassette tapes in there? And everything? Yeah, had the cassette. You put them out, and out yeah. come a dog named Ravager, yeah. that... and there'd be Laserbeak the bird. He was a pterodactyl. Oh, that was my um, there... PC Tony mentioned. You know, going down to the Toys R Us uh, on a Twenty Seventh Street, and I remember taking my bike because we lived close enough. My bike with uh, my brother and I would bike down to there and look for the latest Transformers, and Soundwave was like my favorite one to, to have and to get and you could get yeah you had the little cassette tapes would pop out and you turn them you know they turn into the dog or whatever and it was just yeah he had the arm before, that shot out different weapons and everything he was right. that was great before people freaked out about guns megatron turned into a full-on pistol man like a yes. realistic looking pistol it was amazing one. oh my god it was dope and the toys were right there with it oh Loved it. It was so, so huge. And the toy, Again, itself, I can't the toy itself could shoot, would shoot out bullets. You had little yeah. bullets that would shoot I, out. I, I can't understand why they stopped making that toy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anything well, now, you guys now like? I'm, no, I'm just curious as to what could beat that emotional attachment for you, Patrick, as to number one. G.I. fucking Joe. <sighs> G.I. fucking Joe is my all-time favorite cartoon. I am crushed that my child does not love G.I. Joe. I have tried to get him to watch it. He is not down. And, you know, and I don't care that it was a big toy commercial. Uh, those characters were cool as hell. Fucking Snake Eyes, Duke, Flint, Lady J, Scarlet, um, Spirit, freaking Dusty, who was like the lamest character. Everybody was my first G.I. Joe figure. Everybody was a desert character. Shipwreck. Deep Snake Six, eyes. Snake Eyes, Quick Kick, who was before Snake Eyes. Quick Kick was the like the cool karate guy before they brought in Snake Eyes, who just out cold him because Mattel was so lazy or Hasbro was so <laughs> lazy that they just painted him black. Like it was like this ninja character that they didn't know what to do with. So they just made him black and people were like, that's awesome. And then you had Cobra Commander and Destro and Storm Shadow, the Baroness. I go on and on. The coolest kid in the neighborhood was the one whose parents could afford the USS flag to set up in their the big fucking aircraft carrier. Yeah, look at you point at yourself. We hated you, <laughs> but because because we were jealous of you because you could have the big fucking aircraft carrier. I just hit my mic. I'm so excited about this thing. Like the toys, everything was so nuts. I had the base. I had oh oh, uh, and the car and the, and the thing that I today I can still go back and watch these and I love. You know, on both of these cartoons, how ahead of their how ahead of its time these cartoons were, whether it was environmental messaging that is really subtle if you look at it within the Transformers, because the whole reason they're on Earth is because of a battle over resources on Cybertron and the ability to keep going and and you know the Autobots losing a civil war and being forced into Earth, or in GI Joe Cobra Commander, one of his great ways of trying to defeat the Joes and bring down the world is infecting every computer in, in every bank with a computer virus which at the time was like this thing that nobody thought of and the concept was ludicrous because it was like a literal virus like some illness that they like tried to throw on a computer but the idea when you look at it now doesn't sound so crazy it was so out of its time 
I, I'm sorry, guys. I just made the show about 10 minutes longer than it needed to be. But I love the Transformers. I love G.I. Joe. And, and they just, they are far and away better than anything else that I've ever watched animated, past or present. Nothing will ever replace them in my heart. The end. I, I like how this episode will end up being our longest one ever, even though the, yeah, whole world, the whole world's on lockdown. But the and four that's of us why get, we get, can go long. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm keeping my distance from my computer screen. I'm six feet away, so I'm, I'm covered. Okay. That's good, because cool. I might have projected a little bit my excitement <laughs> over talking about G.I. Joe and the Transformers. So that's my number two and my number one. And that and that brings us to Tony, unless you guys have anything you want to say about G.I. Joe. I don't know. I pontificated pretty hard. Did you I have like the one? Did you have the G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip? No, because that was before my time. All I right. was the three-inch tall figure, guys. That came Kung Fu Grip came out came before me. All right, just that checking. was that was one of the few. I think at the time that was one of the few figures too that had uh, everything was movable. You know, oh, it was fully things. articulated. It, yeah, everything could move. Every appendage and it was like those were the best guys. Like when I was you know into wrestling at that time too, and the wrestling figures, those guys you could actually do all the different moves with and use them as like wrestling guys. <laughs> Hell yeah, and and everybody every wrestling fan. Paid the money to get the Sergeant Slaughter GI Joe Sergeant figure. Slaughter, yeah, <laughs> yes, <right>. absolutely. <laughs> I already know what Tony's number one is, but I just want to hear him say it. It's Looney Tunes, my yeah. man. It's Looney Tunes. It's whatever incarnation of Looney Tunes you want to have, whether it's Bugs Bunny uh, going up against whoever, whether it's Daffy Duck, whether it's Porky Pig, whether it's Sylvester, whether it's Tweety, whether it's uh, uh, Loghorn, Foghorn, Leghorn. Whether it's whoever the fuck you want it to be from Tiny Toons, whether it's my absolute fucking favorite, the the Roadrunner and Coyote, it's Looney Tunes. It's that whole series of characters in whatever incarnation you want it to be on whatever it show it was. It was on Saturday mornings in a lot of different incarnations, but you just related with all those characters. And over time, you grew to know how to react to what kind of situations they would be in. And you just kept getting good stories and good stories after good stories. Wiley yeah, Coyote, I, super genius. Yeah, I mean, there were so many great characters. There's a mobile game. Uh, it's based on Looney Tunes. If you've played like Marvel Strike Force or any of that sort of, those sort of games, there's a Looney Tunes game that is very good. And, you know, but yeah, you got such an iconic cast of characters. You got Bugs Bunny. You got Porky Pig. Like, I'm not even going to even rename the shit that you just named, Tony, because why make this episode even longer? But, uh. Yes, fantastic. I mean, Wally Coyote and Roadrunner, those are my all-time favorites because similar to what we were talking about earlier with Tom and Jerry, you know, the Coyote came up with the most intricate ways to catch this damn Roadrunner. And uh, and Roadrunners are all over the Bakersfield is notorious for having Roadrunners running all over the place. And uh, yeah, they're pretty damn fast. Not too smart. Not like this Roadrunner, but pretty damn fast. But a fun, great show. Such a great cast of characters. And you had all the, I mean, the historical episodes that you have that are still just fantastic to this day. Of you They know, hold Jim, up really well. Rabbit season, duck season fight, that whole thing, and, and Marvin the oh, Martians, God. and Duck Elmer, Elmer Fudd. What, Elmer what? Fudd. My, my all-time favorite is What's Opera, Doc? The, the Kill the Rabbit. Kill the Rabbit. Yep. That's Kill the Rabbit. One. My favorite would be when um, he goes to Scotland and he has the golf match. And they have they have him and the Scottish guy do golf. That was one of my favorites. Right. Isn't like Marvel Martian I, part of that? Yeah, 
before I do my puny earthlings yeah. um, right there is, and I'll say this right now, you guys all know what I'm talking about. Bugs Bunny, Barber of Seville. Oh, God. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's one fun. of the funniest cartoons ever, man. One of the best ever. When I was trying to explain to the little O'Dowd about how great Looney Tunes was, that I have a DVD collect, um, a DVD uh, collection of it, um, and it's just musical-based episodes. And classical music is is a great way to introduce people to classical music is to show them Looney Tunes. Uh, because even in the goofiness, they're playing classical tunes, and it's so great. What's his name? Sam? Um, Yosemite, Yosemite Sam. Yosemite Sam. Yosemite Sam. I mean, we forgot Yosemite Sam. The one with Michigan J. Frog doing all the, doing his dance and yep. everything. Yeah. That was one of the best, <laughs> too. Yep. You know, a lot of musical stuff that goes into those. And I always loved in the hour that used to do on my Saturday morning time block. The first half hour was always like a menagerie of Looney Tunes characters. The second half hour was nothing but Roadrunner and Coyote. It was always one half and then and then Roadrunner and Coyote throughout throughout the end of it. Last thing I'll say is shout out Tasmanian Devil as well. And I think yeah. the last time, if I remember correctly, because I, I was privileged enough as a younger child, um, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, to go to the movie theater a lot. Um, I remember Roger Rabbit having a Looney Tunes bit before it, and it was common that there would be a Looney Tunes bit before movies in the early right. 80s. Was that yeah. late 70s too kind of thing? Yeah. One of the cool things that my um, one of our local movie theaters does is we have a February and April vacation for school kids. They do an hour of Looney Tunes um, on the big screen that families can go and take their kids to for like five bucks. And again, I took I took the little doubt. It's so much fun. It's way cool. All right, we should uh, we should move on, Dave. My number one, Patrick knew it was coming. He mentioned right. it before we even started this whole Hell damn yeah, thing. Hell yeah, I did. He knew Leave it was it coming. Beaver. No cave yeah, drawings. Wait, what? Oh, no. Wally. yeah, cave drawings. Ahead of it. Good one, DPT. <laughs> Ouch, kabibbles. Yeah. <laughs> that it's what it, no where you take those books that with the pictures drawn in the bottom and you flip them so it's like a flip book so you can watch <laughs> animation like that no it's um it's the super friends in whatever iteration you want whether it's the wonder twins whether it's just you know i mean when i first started watching it it was just they had the, the basic justice league characters and as huge as a justice league fan as i am you got superman batman wonder woman aquaman um i don't even think flash was in these early episodes and then they started expanding and bringing in the other Justice League members like Apache Warrior and, and Black yeah. Lightning, who was never really a member of the Justice League, to be quite honest. But then you got like Green Arrow and you had Adam and then they brought in the League of Injustice. So then you got all the supervillains involved and 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 they had some great classic showdowns. And then, you know, and then it just kind of went away. But it was it was such a staple of Saturday morning cartoons when I was a kid that the Super Friends and the, the Hall of Justice, which they've got a life like a replica of that at magic mountain it's an actual ride and then like you stand in front of the hall of justice and say wow this is the actual hall of justice um but i mean yeah for for me who when i was a kid superheroes were everything to me my entire life marvel and dc uh yeah super friends there's no way that that was not going to get number one on my list patrick yeah. knew it he i knew, knew that, that the, the whole time we were doing this list exactly uh, my, i will tell you that, you know nothing more distinctive from that cartoon in my opinion though then, meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Yes. And then they would do, meanwhile, in Burbank, California. Like, and they had in, great, and great theme song. Great theme right. song. 
it just just so much fun and it was on forever i mean and when it actually went right. away it was very sad but uh but yeah it was great how they kind of did like the justice league itself they did expand the roster and you had some of these secondary characters that that yeah apache warrior was one i never quite grasped that sort of thing but uh it was it was all a lot of fun all right and that brings us to our first uh first and number one for you mr dp wow. um welcome this is a big moment well, it's, uh, no, no pressure. No it's going to be an audio moment at this point because we did talk about it with PC Tunney and it was the same number one he had as in the Looney Tunes. So I'm going to take my 40 seconds to just play this. That's all, folks. Wow. Oh, man. Here's Patrick O'Dowd. Right. So yeah, we're gonna. That's it. That's the list. I, you know, I'm glad we did this, and I, I don't care. You know, Dave, you made the joke that the the episode was gonna be our longest in history. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because we really don't have much else to do, as as Tony has pointed out more than once. And honestly, I think of all the lists I've done that we've done so far uh, for this show, this has been my favorite. This is really like because nostalgia, nostalgia being king, and I get it. Like this whole every time we've done these projects, nostalgia's been king. And cartoons and animation, I think, are something that one can be universal. Can it can still be something that you look back on now? It's something that I share with my kids, or my kid. I only have one that I know of. <laughs> and it, I mean, you never know. Things things have happened. Yeah, you're when you're locked up in quarantine. Who knows? Right, but. I, I just, I really, putting together lists, like, it was just so fun. It made me go back, made me go grab some stuff out of, out of the out of the shelves uh, and the DVD stacks and, and just reminding me, like, oh, shit, I can binge watch a lot of this stuff, too, because I've, you know, I've got all these, like, and, and re-watching them and go through this and just a lot of joy in, in kind of re-reviewing and rehashing these. And so, for me, I really love this list. I hope you guys had, had fun putting them together, too, because I really enjoyed it. It was the perfect time to do this because everything is pretty dark out in the real world right now. And so lightening the mood up and going back to a much simpler time when we were all kids, uh, that that's a great idea. I mean, more so than any list we've done, you did see the age gap. I know it's been a running joke on here, but there was a dis- definite age gap between me and you three guys, which which should be expected. But that's there was some crossover. That was fun. Right, and I, and I think the other thing that's really interesting is a lot of the stuff that you laid out there we'd we'd heard of, we may have seen on the back end, or, or even was iconic stuff. Like when you think about it, all of us had the Looney Tunes on there. Yeah, you know that's that's iconic. Many, bo, bo, a lot of you had Tom and Jerry on there. Those weren't made when you were like Tom and Jerry was being made in the forties, fifties, and sixties, like yep. before before we were born, before you were born. So you know it's not it's not just limited to, to kind of the age gap. Some of this shows just how transcendent some of these cartoons were. Some of these shows were, um, so yeah, good list guys. I'm glad, I'm glad y'all brought your a game for this one. And, uh, I, th- I feel like it'll be a good 10. We're going to do like we do when the show drops, we will put our number ones up there for people to vote on, and give their choice. So people will be voting on Looney Tunes, GI Joe and the super friends to to see what comes out on top as the greatest kids show of all time saturday morning kids show that'll be interesting 
be it'll be an interesting competition. I'll be I'll look forward to see what the results are. Probably won't get Joker numbers. We all know that if we want people to vote, ask a question Johnny about Depp. Joker. Ask Johnny about Depp. Johnny Depp. You know, the ladies Johnny love Depp. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Yeah. Depp. There you go. So uh, you talked about bringing the show to a close. I did want to I did want to close on a on a little bit of a melancholy note. Uh, yesterday we learned that uh, Kenny Rogers passed away. Yeah. And I generally don't talk about people that have like passed away or died uh, often, but he was a, he was a unique artist in, in my opinion because he's something he's somebody who I think everybody knows a Kenny Rogers song that they like or appreciate whether it's like you me better on. know when to hold them. exactly the gambler the know gambler. when to fold them know when to walk away know when to hide you never count your money when you're sitting at the table there'll be plenty of time for counting chips when the dealing's done. Thank you for joining us for Bandwagon Nerds Karaoke, starring PC Time. I, and that's one of the things is I know that with Kenny Kenny Rogers passing away yesterday, if if I were to go to a Kenny karaoke bar last night or tonight, you can't. You can't, you can't go to any fucking bars. But if you could, this would this would be sung this would be sung more than once. Like everybody be singing this goddamn song. I love this song. I think it's interesting. Our uh, our commencement speaker at Eastern Illinois University actually quoted the chorus as part of his speech. Uh, now, granted, this was in the year 2001, and he was calling it a recent song that had been played. And the the whole audience kind of looked at each other. But it's just it was a great thing. Kenny Rogers is a great artist. Uh, I always, growing up in Illinois, he played a concert. He was part of Farm Aid at the University of Illinois campus and did a, uh, did a set at Memorial Stadium in front of a football field full of people. And it's a pretty amazing video to see. It was terrific. Any thoughts yeah. on the gambler? Or are you just going to leave it to me? Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's tragic, but at least it wasn't, you know, it wasn't I mean, COVID. It wasn't COVID related. So that's at least, no, least I mean, anything. Man was in his eighties. He, he lived a good life. Yeah. He uh, was I- but, iconic. But yeah. And I think if you, if you want to get a good tear jerk, go listen to Dolly Parton's goodbye to him that she put on her uh, social media accounts. It's very heartfelt. And it's kind of beautiful. And th- those two careers were inevitably tied or inexorably tied. So happy trails, Kenny Rogers. I think Tony's got a beer. I don't have anything to drink to toast you. So there you go. He's lifting one. We got some, we got some glasses raised. I will raise my air. Uh, <laughs> and that is where we will call it for, for tonight, today on today's version of bandwagon nerds. A, I think two hour edition at this point, we're going to have to put in a full on intermission before we go. Why don't we do our usual go around? Let's get uh let's start with Tony. Tony, why don't you tell everybody where to find you, how they can follow you, and what else you do? Well, you can find me uh, at PC Tony. You can find uh, the show DP and I at Podcast DWI on the Twitter. DPP, what else can they do? They can go on Facebook at facebook.com slash DWI podcast. They can go on Instagram and all over the social media interwebs at it's me DPP to find me. And, of course, go to pod underscore is underscore war. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, always a pleasure to talk nerddom with the two of you professionals, Mr. Uh, Mr. Ungar and Mr. O'Dowd. I love that that's sticking, by the way. <laughs> Ungar. Ungar. Unfortunately, I don't look like Johnny Depp, which is too bad. All but right, you, can find, you can find <laughs> I was like, 
I'm sorry. You can find me at Attitude AGG or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And make sure you are, of course, checking out the Bandwagon Nerds official Twitter handle at Bandwagon Nerds. And of course, you can follow me at Patrick uh, or at Wrestling Realist, not at Patrick O'Dowd. Don't do that. At Wrestling Realist, that is at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. You Big can news, still, fellas! Still your hate hate tweets, there, guys. Don't don't think that we've dissuaded you from that. So, uh, so big news, fellas! I'm up to I'm up to 462 followers. Oh my gosh! I know I'm blowing up. I'm <clears> you're blowing crushing up. DP. You're crushing DP. There you go. <laughs> so you can also catch you can catch me here on Bandwagon Nerds every Tuesday. You can also catch me on Chairshot Radio with Craig Demarco and Miranda Morales every Wednesday, where we will actually talk mostly wrestling, though sometimes Craig throws weird ass game shows at us that I hate. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. I hope you enjoyed listening to all two hours of our ranting and raving. Uh, keep yourselves safe out of there, out there, folks. Uh, follow the government's guidelines. Wash your damn hands. All that stuff. Also, now that we're done, climb out of the basement. Watch some old cartoons. They're good. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.